Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. We're back. Hello. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. How have you guys been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I have I have some fun stories uh, to relate. Do you want a uh, personal life story first or media consumption story first? Ooh. Uh, oh, no, personal I have a choice life. to make. Yeah, thanks. Personal Thank life. you for making the choice. Uh, personal <laughs> life story. Uh, Escher has reached a uh, horny adult gecko stage, officially. Um, last night, I was, like, I went to say goodnight to him, and he, like, came right up to me. Uh, like, he was in the back of the tank, and he saw I was there and, like, came forward and, like, <laughs> lunged at the glass. And I'm like, okay. What's going on here? Uh, so, like, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm game. I'll, you know, I'll see what you want. And I opened the door, and he, like, climbed up the door to sit on the top and look at me. So I'm like, all right. I put a hand down next to him, um, and he started first, like, licking the hand a bunch, and then biting the hand a bunch, and making this little, uh, like, what is the mating chirp, which is, like, which eh, 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 eh. <laughs> is a very funny sound. Um, so, so what you're saying is you've gone from mom to mommy. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> oh no. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he, I, I just, you know, I let, I let my hand sit there and he bit it a bunch, which is like gecko bites, uh, you know, do not hurt. They are, they are very, very tiny animals. They have very small teeth Yeah, and uh, very little jaw pressure. So it it feels kind of like if you like put a clothespin on like a little bit of skin so unless they get you uh you know in a like very sensitive bit of your skin like the webbing in your by your thumb or something you know bit of the knuckle or something like that it doesn't really hurt it just feels like a little bit of pressure but he was he was trying really hard to like bite my hand so i would hold still and i'm like my little guy i am not a female gecko i'm sorry I know. I mean, I guess I'm glad that you're not afraid of me. Like, you do not see me as a threat. Like, that's a positive, but... Yeah. Oh, little man's so hopeful. Yeah. That's funny. So, I mean, does, does is this just the rest of his life now, or does he eventually become a non-horny adult? I don't know. It's okay. okay. I, I looked it up online, and it's different for different geckos. Some Some geckos permanently get an aggressive personality where they just switch to being aggressive and it's harder to handle them regularly, which would be very sad. Um, some geckos, it's just a seasonal thing. It's like, you know, the daytime's getting longer, they sense that it's spring, mm -hmm. and so he he might be like this for a few months and then calm the heck down. Um, so we'll see. Oh, oh, your little boy is growing up. Yeah. <laughs> little angry man. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. But I do hope he calms down, because I, I would like to still be able to, like, hang out with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's so that's my personal life gecko story. Awesome. All right, uh, and then what's your media consumption story? My media consumption story is that I finally watched uh, Good Omens Season 2. Uh, oh, okay. And, oh my god, I am, like, utterly obsessed with it now. Uh and the the reason for this is that I it, Good Omens was one of like my first ever childhood fandoms. 
Um, it, like, I read the book at a fairly young age. Uh, it came out in the in the nineties, I think. Um, and it was one of the very first things I ever wrote fan fiction for. Oh, um, yeah, that's like that's like big. Yeah, right. As big, like a bigly influential. Yeah. Um. And it was actually very influential on my writing because I got like a really, like really nasty teardown uh, criticism of it. Uh, and when I responded to that criticism, they actually like took the time to sit down, like not sit down with me because it was online, obviously, but like to write me a long detailed email about like what about the writing like came off as low quality, right? Like. It's mm -hmm. because you do X and Y and Z. And I'm like, okay, well, now I know not to do those things, right? Well, like, yeah, like, this is, I can use this. Yeah, Thank I can you. work on this. Yeah, so um, it ended up being, uh, you know, very, very formative fan fiction writing experience. Um, and so when they were doing the TV adaptation, I was a little nervous. I'm like, well, you know, the book is such a formative thing for me. I don't know how it'll go. And I was kind of lukewarm on season one. I think it's pretty good, but I think it suffers from, like, trying to narrate it with actual text from the book. Because mm -hmm. I, like, I get that they wanted, like, the biggest thing that is Pratchett's influence is, like, the way the text is written, because it's very, very funny. Mm -hmm. But that's also very difficult to adapt to screen, but they didn't want to leave it out because Pratchett has passed away, and it was sort of, you know, an homage to him, yeah. and they didn't want to cut him out of the the story. But I think it it didn't, that didn't translate well to screen. Um, and so then they announced, oh, there's going to be a season two, and it's like, there's no book two, so what are they going to do for season two? I guess the, you know, Pratchett and Gaiman had talked about what they wanted to do for a sequel, but never actually okay. written it. Um, yeah, I was wondering that myself, because I watched maybe like the first two episodes of the first season and thought, oh, this is pretty good, and then I never watched the rest. And I yeah. I, mean, I read the book like maybe twice when I was in high school, and I liked it, but I, it was not not nearly as impactful for me as you, I think, because yeah. I read it later. Yeah, um, no, it but, was it was like my favorite. It's still maybe my favorite book. That's fair. Um, so I guess I didn't realize that they like didn't finish, or I didn't realize that they finished it in yeah. season one, and then season two was just like more stuff. Yeah. So that's um actually super interesting. I did not yeah. realize that about season two. And so I'm like, well, what are they even gonna do for season two? And it turns out what they decided to do for season two was, um, I mean, I don't know to what degree they're adapting the work that they, you know talked about but never wrote but what it feels like is that they're adapting the multiple decades of fandom that have happened in the interim okay uh, because the season two is just a crowley and azrafel romance like that then, is like, what the plot of season two is as soon as you said the decades of fandom i knew exactly where you were going and yeah honestly that's a delightful development so yeah, yeah. And, and it's great i enjoyed the hell out of it um okay. It does have a very, like, devastatingly sad last 15 minutes and kind of ends on an emotional cliffhanger. So they better frickin' fix it in season three, which they have already been approved for and are okay. in, in, pro in progress with. But, like, damn, it's hard to, to wait for, for the next season. Yeah. Oh, that is unfortunate. But good to know that that's, that's the direction. <laughs> Yeah, I good, good I, for them. I consoled myself by immediately going to Tumblr and looking up like 
a bunch of like fan art and you know fan edits and things like that and i felt better yeah it's funny i see so much good omens fan art despite having not read the book for many many years and having only barely watched the tv show but every time i see it i'm like oh this is nice yeah this is fun it's good it's very fun and they you know they let david Tennant do a lot of david tenanting in, mm-hmm. in season two which is pretty great yeah that's good <sighs> yeah, so that's been my my current media obsession. All right, nice. I don't think I have one right now. I'm uh been in a weird kind of like life lull. I don't I don't know. It's like work has been stressful, but it hasn't been that busy. So I feel like I spend a lot of my days doing nothing, and then I get home, but I'm too tired to do anything. So then I end up just being at home doing a lot of nothing. Um, it's been a weird, a weird few weeks, but I think, which was also a sort of a blockage for playing our game this week, which when I did actually end up like really sitting down to play it, I was like, oh, this is great. Actually, I like this a lot. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, I, I, happens a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. The me hard too. part is starting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I should start starting it, like, right after we finish the previous podcast. Just play, like, 15 minutes just to get over that hurdle. Yeah, I I, I do that sometimes, and I, I always feel like I have a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you going to do? Yeah, one of, the, one of the nice things about this one was that it, uh, and we'll talk about this when we actually get to talking about the game, but it compressed pretty neatly into like one hour segments. So mm-hmm. I actually could play it like, let me just play a one one segment run in a weekday evening and, you know, do that. So it didn't have to be a like, all right, I'm going to marathon this on a Saturday afternoon. You mean yeah. I shouldn't have played it in one sitting? I'm not saying you I've... can't. I'm just yeah. saying you didn't have to. Yeah, despite you giving me the heads up um, like last week about that, um, I did. I did also just play this game in two sittings, and most of it was in one sitting. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I did take detailed notes though, which I was mentioning in the group chat. I think that might be a first for me. This is detailed notes. Yep. Um, I mean, do we want to just jump into talking about it, or do folks have other daily? Like Carl, we haven't asked what you've been up to. I mean, I've only been playing Persona. Ah, yes. That's okay. what I've been doing. New, <laughs> I yeah, almost new, finished uh, Persona. Is that the new uh, 3, like, re- P3 remake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Red's third, playing that too. Like the third Persona 3? Or the fourth? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 3, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it looks good. Um, is, it, is it everything you had hoped it would be? I mean, it... Essentially, it's Persona 5, but slightly less. <laughs> yeah, Persona 3, and I, n- I never finished it when I played it back in the day, and I haven't started the remake, but Persona 3 is like... I want to say it's like the first of the Persona games that really solidifies what Persona is. Um, yeah, I have not played 4, but I assume 4 is also very similar. Yeah, there. I think three and four are a lot less like bombastic than five for sure. Um, three especially, and then four is even a little more, a little more 
just, you know, it. And then five kind of tears the doors off it and, and just goes wild. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, I think the authors mature, matured a lot between three and five. Yeah, probably. Because the stories are better in five. And uh, you don't shoot yourself in the head every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, the the evoker is really cool imagery, but man, you couldn't get away with that now. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's a bit... Like... I see Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little edgy. Fun. Yeah. All right, who's your who's your best girl, Carl? Um, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I actually don't know. I I have no answer. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess you'll pick or you won't. Yeah. <laughs> figure out a... who your your romance girl is gonna be. I had a hard time with that when I played four as well, where I'm like, <laughs> I don't. Like, all these girls are interesting. I don't know if I want to date any of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're not um, interesting. I'm going to date them all. <laughs> you can no, get that backfires. That. Yeah. that backfires on you. Uh, I mean, I assume it. it uh, you can get in trouble for it in 3. You can definitely get in trouble for doing it in 4. Yeah, I, um, I remember... The game warns um, you, at least. I know. Does it? Oh, does okay. it? Oh, you know what? Yeah, it does. I remember hearing about that. Um, I managed to avoid that pitfall, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, we can go into the next game or we can talk more about Persona. I don't care. It's up to you. <laughs> I, I think I tried to date the, like, random girl from um, theater class. Or whatever it was the girl who's like dad is in the hospital, estranged father is in the hospital. Um, I think she's like the son arcana, possibly. Don't remember Persona Four very well. Uh, like yeah, I don't remember anyone fair. outside the main characters. Yeah, the, it's the only one I've played, so it's my only point of reference. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I've heard the characters in Three are very fun, though. I've heard there's some like really, um, really fun paths. And I did like the mystery writing in 4 a lot. Like, it has a very compelling central mystery. So, mm -hmm. um, I do recommend it, despite its, like, eye-rolly anime shenanigans, which I think we talked about last time. Yeah, uh, there, I, you, you always gotta have a beach episode, I guess. Yeah. The school camping trip. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, okay. I think we I think we have a lot to say about the game. Yeah, probably. Yes. Um, yeah, so this time we played Road 96, a um, procedural hitchhiking sort of road trip adventure um, made by DigiX Art, or DigiX Art. I never figured out how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, and published by Ravenscourt. And it's a game where you are trying to flee an oppressive government by hitchhiking to the border and trying to sneak your way out of the border, I guess. Yeah. And there's Can a lot of crazy characters. Go ahead. Yeah. Before we start talking about it, I'm amazed that this is procedural. Because yeah. for me, it felt so 
scripted all my path. Yeah. That's why I took such such detailed notes was because I was really curious to see like what what scenes you got with all of these characters because yeah. I had the same experience. I think I had maybe one or two segments where like nothing happened and this was just clearly like an uneventful little bit where you like have a chat with someone who's not a main character and then you sleep and you get to the next spot like that happened to me maybe twice through the whole game yeah um, i'm i'm super curious about how this engine works behind the yeah. scenes i at a guess um and this is pure speculation this is pure 100 percent speculation but i would think the way you would do it is you have a you have a set of scenes for every character that can be to some degree more or less played in any order um and you uh you have some of them weighted to be like you know these few can't appear within the first 3 encounters with this character right or something like that. You have a few of them that are higher tension that are weighted to come later in the experience or that like maybe unlock after a certain point, right? Like there are a few scenes that can only play in the first, uh, you know, few or that, that can't play in the first few episodes, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then you like they are triggered. They seem to be at least in part triggered by what decision you make about how to move on along the road. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, when you get, uh, when you choose what you're going to do next, it picks from available episodes that, uh, um, that meet, that meet that type of progression and probably tries to wait it. So you don't get like more than one of the same character in the same run. Yeah. I would think that's yeah, kind of it also I think mm. tries to connect to a character that has a related story sometimes you... sometimes yes but enough that I felt like it's not random yeah and I think part of that is helped by the fact that just a lot of the characters stories are very interconnected mm -hmm. so that's yeah. just going to feel like it happens uh, a lot just because everybody's connected in some way to some of the other characters. Um, also, I assume you cannot get the same scene twice. Yeah. Uh, the scenes, so for, for the general audience here, the way this game works is it has a vaguely roguelike format in the sense that it's a series of runs that you are trying to accomplish something and you can lose you can die or be arrested along the way to the border um and it's a sequence it just plays out as a sequence of scenes uh and in each scene so you pick a team to start with and then in each scene uh the scene plays out for you know better or for worse and then at the end you choose how you want to continue, which is usually like you can either walk down the road, hitchhike, uh, get the bus, call a cab, or if you have the keys, you can steal a car. Um, and then, you know, that takes you to the next scene, that scene plays out, and so on and so forth, until you get to uh, Road 96, which is at the end, you go through like this final cave, 
and then you have to figure out how you're going to cross the border. And when you first start, there's a lot of different ways you can cross the border. And as you continue, like, I think each time you cross the border, it eliminates that way. So you can't do it again in the future. Um, so you have to keep the, the options you have for crossing get narrower and narrower. Um, and you have to keep, uh, you know, trying to get out. I didn't even realize that it eliminated options. I just never wanted to try the same thing twice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was kind of the, I was the same, but at one point I was really healthy and I'm like, oh, I could do the mountain pass again. And I tried to and it wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, ah, I mm. see that. And they do kind of mention some of them in the newscasts in the, that start uh, every, every run. Yeah, um, that's true. That like they were, you know. Uh, a teen was discovered escaping this way and now border patrol is cracked down or whatever. Um, and the game continues until you've either played 10 episodes or gotten to the border six times, gotten to route uh, to road 96, six times, whichever comes first. Um, which I know from having looked that up. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I, I, maybe I just got lucky. I never didn't make it to the border. Okay, yeah, I, I made I made some bad decisions occasionally, and <laughs> okay. I I had a few I I failed to get to the border twice. I got killed once and arrested once. Okay. Um, I died one time during my entire playthrough, and that was the the one basically by and, choice. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. Road yeah, that's the 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 hard decision achievement, I assume. Uh, the saving yeah. Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, I died that time, and then I died on my first run getting across the border. Um, the first run, I ended up um, mysteriously just, like, super flush with cash. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll pay. I guess I'll pay the smuggler to get me across. And um, the smugglers, I don't fully know Out what happened. Shitty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know fully what was supposed to be, like, how, what this sequence was supposed to be conveying but like we get to the border there was one other guy who i had like sort of helped pay his way and we we get to the wall and they're just like standing there staring at me and nobody's talking and i was like is this bugged what's going on so i started walking in a direction that i got shot in the back so i don't know if that's like the smuggler shot me or if somebody else shot me but i got shot in the back by somebody was and it, it was never explained was it in the high high tension scenario at the end no, there was there was okay. no high tension scenario that like we did a scene transition, got to the wall. I think somebody said something like, "Oh, there's the wall." And then both of the NPCs just like were kind of standing there staring at me. Ooh, I think okay. I think it may have bugged a bit. May, that may have bugged. So what happens in that scene is that your guide talks to like the border guard that they know, and the mm -hmm. border guard demands more money. Um, so you have to pay yet again. And if you can't pay yet again, which I couldn't at the time, then they, uh, abandon you. Like, they just leave you to, to do it yourself, and you can try and run past the guard, at which point he sounds the alarm. Um, and I think you can, if you didn't pay the way for the other kid, you just get shot. Uh, if you did, he helps you climb over the wall. Oh, see, weird. What happened was... Um, we got to the, we got to the guard that, that was mentioned, and before she went to talk to him, she said, oh, well, there's two of you, so he's gonna want more money. So I said, okay, I've got more money, here's the more money. She goes down and talks to him and says, okay, it's cool, we can go. And then we go to that next screen, and then just nothing happened, and I started walking, and I got shot in the back. 
so I think that must have been bugged. Interesting, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There, yeah. Was, there were some occasional little, like, weirdnesses where it's like, is there supposed to be dialogue here? Is something supposed to be happening? And then eventually it would happen, but I noticed, like, just some, a couple little bits like that. Some characters, their dialogue does not show up until you are physically close enough to them. So maybe you were supposed to go, like, right up to the smuggler to talk to them or something? I tried doing that, too. Okay. Um, I tried going right up to both of them, just, like, to see if I had any options to initiate a conversation. But I had no options to interact with anything, so I started walking back along the path, like, the direction we came from. And then there was a gunshot and I fell over and was dead. Yeah. So... Well, so... <laughs> My my thing about this game, I so I did like this game a lot. I didn't necessarily think I was going to when I started playing it, but it won me over uh, as as I played. But that said, it does have some rough edges. Yes, for sure. Yes, yes it does. Uh, the in particular, like the localization and voice acting is quite bad. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there's at least two instances I found where there's like a, a, a letter that in the, the world that you can like pick up and look at, and it shows you like the handwritten visual asset, and then it has like a text box next to it for like what the letter says, and the two things are wildly different and convey completely different information. Yeah, I didn't see anything like that that I remember, but I definitely noticed like times where the the subtitle dialogue was pretty significantly different than the actual recorded line. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of characters who sound like they got a French voice actor who spoke English to read it because like the the cadence of the English made like was very odd. Um and like yeah, the, Voice acting was a little bit of a problem. Some of the character writing was a little weird. Like, Alex's dialogue was always very odd, as was, like, Stan and Mitch. Which, I think they were going for certain affectations, which is why mm -hmm. it felt odd. Like, Alex is supposed to be, like, the little kid who's, like, talking tough. Like, he's, you know... He, you know, he uses... He calls everyone dog and yo. And, like, it's it's very, like... Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think it was supposed to come across a certain way, but it just came across kind of like weird and stilted and a little annoying. Uh, and I'm pretty sure with Stan and Mitch, they're supposed to be rednecks, and Stan is supposed to be like the one who's trying to sound a lot smarter than he is by using big words. But it just kind of came across as like people who English is not their first language. Yeah, especially with Stan and Mitch, it was kind of like... You could tell they were going for, like, Stan is kind of in charge, and he's, like, the fast-talking, kind of quick-thinking guy, and Mitch is the big lumbering idiot. Mm -hmm. But they were both kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were both really dumb. And it makes sense that they're supposed to have southern accents, because you do find out later that they're Sonya's brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, which was cute. I liked that reveal, because... Yeah. The, the whole point of... So Sonya is a newscaster um, who is kind of just a terrible person. Um, she she knows that the government is corrupt, but she doesn't care because she benefits from it. Yep. And, you know, she works for, like, the state-sponsored news outlets, so she knows that it's all just propaganda. 
and she's like kind of a terrible bitch and then stan and mitch are obsessed with protecting her from uh like a psycho who's trying to kill her and you're like why 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 do they care so much and then you find out that oh they're her brothers that's why (laughs) um which is better than being like like freakishly obsessed but yeah what i liked about that reveal was how she came across as like so happy to see them yeah 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 and it wasn't some like oh these are just some weird stalkers that she's never heard of um yeah she's even like oh i'm so sorry that i've been distant from you guys lately (laughs) yeah oh she loves her brothers yeah and to be to be clear stan and mitch are two guys who are wearing like bright yellow uh construction vests and like ski masks with big sharp teeth painted on the front Uh, like they are they are like buffoon bank robbers yeah they just go around um robbing fast food joints um gas stations uh they rob a taxi depot at one point um was a, a sequence that i had with them like they're just going around robbing people and also trying to stop someone from murdering their sister um interesting (laughs) intersection of two character types but eh. yeah there are so i I, let's go through all the characters there are six seven six i I think think it's six um so there is uh alex we already talked about is this sort of like little kid boy genius type who's always tinkering with uh electronics and stuff um he is, this is set in, like, the 90s, um, so, you know, he's got, like, a little kind of uh, DS-sized, like, Nintendo DS-sized computer, which is, like, a big deal for the 90s. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he he makes video games and stuff and likes to, to talk. Makes video games than... and bombs. Yeah. He's, uh... He's supposed to be like 14, although I think he comes across even a bit younger than that. Yeah, he um, does. And uh is I I find him kind of insufferable, but uh I think you're not I think you're supposed to find him like silly but endearing. Um and his his goal is that he found out that his uh birth parents are um were members of this terrorist organization called the brigades um and died in a big um like terrorist event supposedly terrorist event in uh 86 where there was a people were gathered by this mountain peak and supposedly the brigades but actually the government set off some explosives that were supposed to be used for um for like avalanche control uh, and it like a lot of people died in the ensuing collapse of the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. And so his parents died and he, you know, is now on a, on a quest to like find out more about them um, and find out kind of what happened. Uh, then there's his mother, uh, Fanny, I think is her yes. name. Yeah. Um, and she's, uh, she is a black cop uh, who is, she's a cop. That's her, her, her story is she's a cop working for a corrupt government. She kind of knows the government is corrupt, but also like, you know, she wants to do her job and like keep her head down and take care of her son and not 
like really engage with the politics of what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she is occasionally talking on the walkie-talkie to uh, Papa Bear, aka John, uh, who is the head of the brigades. Um, who's he's, a trucker? He's not really the head. The head of the brigades is that Robert guy. Well, he yeah, he's he's like nominally in charge. Yeah, but he's like the sort of moderate who like doesn't want them to do like really extreme stuff anymore because his girlfriend died in the 86 attack where they tried mm-hmm. to run a, a, t- a truck into president Tyrak, who's like the, uh, the sort of villainous fascist president who's basically Trump. They're, they're trying to do a Trump. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so he's, he's like lost his taste for the violence, but he has like a, sort of second-in-command slash co-leader named Robert, who does want them to keep doing, like, more extreme violent actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, John is, and John is a trucker, so you can, you get picked up by him sometimes when you're hitchhiking and, like, go on truck rides with him. Um, and, yeah, he's, his whole storyline is kind of being conflicted about you know like wanting to to keep protesting but also like not being sure about the direction the brigades are going in and having this flirtation with mama bear who he doesn't know until later is he finds out at some point is a cop and freaks out yeah and he's also got sort of a uh surrogate father relationship with alex Mm -hmm. because he's the one who's kind of like I know about your parents, but also doesn't want him to get too involved with the brigade because yeah. he doesn't like the direction that the brigade's going in. So, like, Alex is helping them out, but he's John is trying to kind of insulate him from the worst aspects of it. Yeah. And and is also, you know, uh, flirting with his with Alex's adopted mother. So Unknowingly, all, yes. Yeah. It, also, but it all works out. Uh, yeah, that also uh, <laughs> adds I to mean, the family dynamic. They are like a trio of interconnected stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's we talked about Stan and Mitch, who are the um, the sort of bank robbers who are kind of like they they would be scary because you know they are criminals and they do have this whole like punk weird aesthetic going on, but they're like too bumbling to be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point where I went from a Jared scene to a Stan and Mitch scene, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank God I'm with the two criminals with shotguns. <laughs> yeah. This is so much less scary. Uh, yeah, I um, I had the opposite experience of going from a Stan and Mitch scene uh, a <laughs> to a Jared scene, um, which was, like, harrowing. Um, yeah. so, so Stan and Mitch we talked about a bit, and we also talked about Sonia, their sister, who's a newscaster. Um, who has a, a like a an assassin coming after her yeah. her to try to kill her? Um, yeah, so the assassin talk about Jared. Yeah, the assassin is a guy named Jared, who is terrifying. Creepy as fuck. Yeah, God, what a good job they did making him just the most unsettling. Yeah. Um. So Jared's whole deal is that his daughter was you know not a well no she was she was affiliated with the brigades um and he he has yeah she was a teenager and she kind of got caught up in all that and ran away to go help the cause so he really 
has uh, a bone to pick with the brigade, but he also has a particular vendetta against Sonia, which isn't... I felt like it wasn't really explained until you got close to the end of this kind of group of people storyline that, like, Sonia could have saved his daughter, but she didn't. Yeah. So and that's why the, he's so upset daughter, with her. Yeah, the daughter Lola also died in the 86 thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Sonia was a newscaster who was there on the scene. And she, like... She saw the girl and felt like she maybe could have gone and helped, but she, you know, she didn't think it was safe. And so she kind of, I think she kind of protected herself. Um, But he regrets it hugely. And she has a thing at the end about how, like, sometimes I wish I would have died instead Mm -hmm. uh, of her. And so, you know, uh, it's like her one semi-redeeming characteristic is that she feels bad about what happened here like other than that sonia has pretty much no redeeming qualities yeah i have i had one other scene with sonia where she like let the mask slip a little bit and talked about her regrets but other than that and the fact that she loves her brothers clearly like she really (laughs) is just a garbage person yeah um very fun though yeah they're all pretty much garbage persons yeah that triangle drama. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, nobody is, like, completely without sin in this, uh... Yeah. In this whole game. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, so it's it's basically two two trios that have interconnected stories. And then, well, um, I guess we sort of talked about Zoe. And then the main Zoe. character. And then Zoe, yeah. Yeah. So there are seven, yes. So then there's <laughs> Zoe. Um, Zoe is a girl that you meet who is the daughter of, like, a, a person who is high up in the government, the, the Minister of Oil, um, who is also trying to escape, and, uh, she's loosely connected with the Brigade's storyline, in that at one point she gets picked up by the Brigade's, and they, like, want her to, um, like, do some stuff for them. She has a, I don't know if she got it from the Brigade's or showed it to the Brigade's, but she has a like, a government document that has, uh, that, like, reveals the fact that the government was the one who set off the explosives in 86, Mm -hmm. and she wants to get across the border and leak it to the press so that, like, people will know what happened. Yeah, Um, and that's why the brigades want to help her get across. Yeah. Um, I want to know if she is random or if she is scripted. In, in terms she... of the order that you find stuff? Yes. Because to me, she felt like the character that was like the thing holding the story together. Yeah. And that progressed the story. It, to me, it felt like it was sort of out of order a little bit. Maybe, and maybe not, maybe it's because like the, the times that you... Uh, like that you're not strictly always linear based on like when you set out and when you arrive for every single teen but like when you arrive at the end of the road there's a thing about oh there were these documents leaked and that's why there's this news report about going on about uh how it turns out the government was behind the attack but like that news report was playing every single time I got to the end, and I didn't get Zoe across until, like, halfway, or, like, two-thirds of the way through my playthrough. So, 
I don't know. Yeah, I I do feel like her sequences are the most scripted, but again, it's so difficult to know like what to what extent. Yeah. Um yeah. And how many how many, you know, optional sequences there are with her because um So is like, the I'm... first is the first sequence you all got with her meeting her at the trailer park? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. And then I think there's one there's one with her on the bus. I think was my second one. And um, then and then the one where she where you get like you have to get her unarrested at the uh the gas station. The gas yes. station and she gets picked up by the brigades. Um Is there and one then, Is there one between that and her showing up at the cave? I didn't have one. I only okay, had I those three. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and then yeah, so then there's she shows up at the cave. And then, uh, and that's the one where you like try and help get her across the border. So I think that's just four scenes total, right? Yes. Which makes sense if there's only you know potentially six episodes. Um, yeah. That uh, that you that you need to do. So. Um, yeah, it was the, the only one I one hundred percented in my playthrough and it felt like she had fewer scenes than the others yeah so definitely did, did yeah. all of us get exactly those scenes in exactly that order with her i did I yes think so yeah okay so maybe her stuff is just scripted to appear um uh and i think i think i even got her bus scene when i didn't take the bus i was like hitchhiking and then i ended up on the bus i think are you talking about the one where she gets arrested, like the cop pulls pulls you over? Yeah, I think so. So that one, that one, I also got while I was hitchhiking. I don't think that's a bus. I think you just you the both of you no. got picked up no, by no, that no. couple. It, no, it is. That's oh, the by the couple. Oh yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe the yeah, the couple's driving, aren't they? Yeah, the I couple. Think, yeah. Is... How I did, however, hitchhike one time and got on a bus. Yeah. Um, but that was not a Zoe scene for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't I have any bus scenes with her, I don't think. Yeah. Um, the bus is like a big van, basically. It's and hard to tell, yeah. There aren't that many scenes that happen on the buses. Um, there's like one scene with Fanny, and then like I think most of the time I got on the bus, I like didn't have any character scenes. Yeah, I... um. I mostly, I bust a lot the first run, and I got that scene with Fanny, I got a scene with Alex on the bus, and then most of the rest of the game I think I was either hitchhiking or stealing cars. Uh, so, um, yeah. yeah, I did have yes, one thanks. bus scene where just nothing happened. Did um, you ever, did you ever call a taxi? Because I never called a taxi, I did get picked up by the taxi once while hitchhiking. Yes, I, I never called, called a taxi, taxi once. Either. Okay. And then I realized, yeah, it's just Yar Yarek driving a taxi. Yeah. I guess uh, that's that's what's supposed to happen when you call a taxi, is you get Jared scenes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I also hitchhiked and picked him up, and I did pay the fare, because I was like, I do want to get some sleep. I do want to refill my energy meter yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, the, the main, the, one of the main mechanics is that there is, you have an energy meter that ticks down as you uh, move forward. And you can refill it by uh, eating, drinking, and sleeping. Um, usually, like occasionally, you'll be lucky enough to get free food from 
various scenes, but a lot of the times you have to buy food if you want food. Um, and there's also a money uh, mechanic that, um, you know, you can pick up coins various places. Um, and one thing they do that's kind of roguelike, which I really appreciated, is that there is a series of special abilities that you can unlock. And if you get to the scene that unlocks them, once you've unlocked them, you get to keep them for all subsequent runs. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some stuff that you can do that makes, even as the you know security is tightening as the game goes on and things are getting a little harder, um, you have more abilities that let you be a little bit more comfortable in uh, some of the stuff you're doing. So for instance, there's like a lock picking ability and a hacking ability. Um, and like a a government ID that can, gets you like additional uh, um, dialogue options in certain scenes and things like that. Uh, Sonia gives you the ability to rifle through trash cans <laughs> yeah. because she's a trash person. Yeah, uh, and um, I think Jared's is cleverness, which, as yeah. far as I can tell, is like is that the some... light bulb one? Yeah, it's yes. the light bulb I, one. So, I never so got like that one. So I'm I only. Oh, okay, yeah. I um, It's, like, half of it is just, like, lying, and half of it is understanding the context of, like, what has happened in history. So those are, like, the two dialogue options you unlock, basically. Yeah, and 90% 90, 90 of the time it's like, oh, you're in the br brigade, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which you, as a player, all definitely already know. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's nice, nice to be able to acknowledge it. I did see that option marked in red a few times and being like, you know, I probably wouldn't have said that anyway because I like to play dumb about not <laughs> knowing about the brigades because I don't want to get in trouble. I want to have some subtlety. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one the one run where I died was Jared killed me, by the way. Oh. He I was I picked a 14-year-old that time. Uh that was the one where uh I got picked up in his taxi mm -hmm. and he straight up sh just shot me. Did you watch the video? I watched the video of his daughter, which I and you didn't. Have and done. you didn't. You didn't lie about it. I didn't lie about it. I thought, like, honest. I thought he would know if I was lying and get angrier. And so I thought, like, if I was honest, I could de-escalate. And it doesn't de-escalate. Nope. If you if you lie and tell him that you watched Attack of the Killer Pineapples, he's like, oh, yeah, that would explain the screaming. And then you get cleverness because you lied to him real good. Okay. I, well, yeah. I was worried that if I said I watched Attack of the Pineapples, he would ask me about something that was in the movie to prove it, and I wouldn't be able to tell him. I, yeah, I would check the VHS. So did I. It would still be in there. I lied. I, lied. I lied despite my fears of getting caught out, and it worked out just fine. Okay. So there's the moral of the story, kids. Even if you think you might get caught in a lie, lie anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or so don't take a taxi. Yeah, so yeah, if you play that scene wrong, he straight up murders you. Yeah, there was there was another sequence where I had stolen a car and I picked him up. He was just on the side of the road in the rain. Not even on the side of the road, he was standing in the middle of the fucking road. Yeah, yep. In the rain. Oh god, that was terrifying. I didn't like, get you... that one. So you pick him up so and terrifying. he's Yeah, he's just like being creepy, and at one point he says, There's something wrong with your door. And the camera snaps to the little, like, door unlock lock things on the door, and it's locked, and so you keep clicking unlock, and it just keeps locking the door, and it, like, keeps your vision snapped there. Mm -hmm. 
until you like forcibly move the camera away. And Jared's just staring at you and you're like, please stop. And he's like, well, I, what? I didn't do that. <laughs> and then he threatens to kill you. Um, and then you have to like talk him down from killing you. And then he just gets out of the car. God, that's this. What? There's another scene where you have to talk him down from killing you, which yeah. is where yes. you run into him with like the burned out van in the, um, in the like canyon. Oh, I didn't get that one. Okay, so there's a. I think this is also you have. Um, it might be you're walking actually. Um, a car passes you. A taxi passes you. And if you know about Jared at that point, you're like, oh, shit, oh, fuck. Because you can see that it's stopped up ahead. Like, it passes you, and then it pulls over. And it's it pulls over in the middle of, a like, a canyon with big stone walls on either side, so there's, like, no direction you can run, really. Oh. Um, and the only way is to, like, walk into the canyon where he is, and you find his car stopped... Uh, and it's it's like, oh, he's been having car trouble. But basically, he, like, pops up behind you. There's, like, a burnt-out van that you pass. He pops up behind you, and then he accuses you of being brigade, returning to, like, your old van to get your stuff. And he basically forces you inside the van, forces you to douse it in uh, gasoline, and then is about to, like... Uh, like have you like light the car on fire with yourself inside uh but you can i know you can at one point when you're like looking at his car in the trunk you can see a thing about lola so there's a dialogue option to talk to him about lola and you can kind of convince him that like hey i'm just a kid lola wouldn't want you to do this at which point he kind of like he's he basically is like run before i change my mind and so you, you can get out of that scene, but oh god, it's harrowing as fuck. Yeah, the the run before the run before I changed my mind thing. Um, I don't know. Did you get the scene with him in the abandoned trailer park? Uh, yes. Yeah, with the, where you destroy the radio tower. Yeah. Yeah, he does that there too. Um, uh, I yeah. hate. I that's a, that's such a fucking scary trope. Yeah, and they have they they have this creepy music just for Jared that they always <sighs> play, and it's it's like teeth gritting. It's so tense. Yeah. Um, um, did you get the scene with him in the hotel? Yes. Did you get Steve killed? <laughs> I got Steve killed. Yeah. So did I. I have no I... idea who Steve is. Uh, did you get the hotel scene, Carl? With Don't the body. Don't think so. Oh, okay, so no. you you stop off at a little motel, a little roadside motel, um, and if you the, the Steve is the hotel manager. If you don't manage to like steal a room key so that you can sleep inside the room, or probably even if you do, there's a way to keep the scene moving. But I ended up sleeping outside, yeah. and I woke well, up I, in the I middle of the night. I thought to myself, oh, let me sleep outside first before I do this scene, because I want to go into the scene with higher health, because, like, higher health is always good to have. Um, yeah. So I didn't even, like, check if there was other stuff I could do uh, in the scene first. I went straight for sleeping outside. Yeah, um, and you wake up in the middle of the night instead in Jared's room, and he's like, yeah, I saw you asleep outside, and that's, I just, I couldn't, couldn't I have that. Having, I can't having a kid sleeping outside, so I put you on my bed. 
Yeah, so then someone knocks on the door and he's like, uh-oh, I, it's probably the cops. They're looking for runaway teens like you. So it prompts you to hide in um like a closet. Yeah, closet like a stand-up wardrobe thing. Yeah, wardrobe, that's the word. Um, and you find the corpse of a dead cop in there that Jared killed, and then oh. he has you, like, help him dispose of the body. So the funny and then... thing about the corpse, by the way, uh. is that when you get into the thing, it fixes your camera on the door to start mm-hmm. with, and you're just looking at the door, and if you, like... I was, like, not moving at all because uh, they told me not to make a sound, and I learned from one of the escape routes, which is where you have to hide away, that, like, mm, yeah. sometimes, like, not actually moving the mouse and not, you know, like, doing anything is a mechanic. So I just didn't yes. move. And if you don't look around, he just keeps talking to whoever's at the door. Like, it takes a while. Oh, uh, man. And it isn't until you start looking around that you notice there is a dead body in the thing with you, practically on top of you. Like, its face is right up against your face. But oh, I God. did not notice that for, like, two solid minutes, and then it jump-scared the fuck out of me. That's amazing. I, I must have, like, jiggled my mouse too yeah. soon because I got it right away. Yeah. I didn't realize it would just let you sit on it like that. Oh, my God. Um... So yeah, he uh, has you drag the cop to the bathtub, and then he's like, I'm gonna go get soap. Soap! soap so that we can clean him up. Um, he goes to get gasoline so that he can burn the body, which doesn't seem like the best idea inside of a building. But yeah. there you go. And then Steve, the gas, or the, sorry, the hotel manager comes back and he's like, oh, does does Jared need anything? Blah, 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 blah. And Jared's on the other side of the door with a gun pointed at you, telling him, telling you to get rid of this guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you do. And then later you, um, he lets you go. And if you go talk to Steve, which I just went to talk to Steve purely to see if I even had the option to say something to him. Like, I wasn't going to rat Jared out because I'm afraid of Jared. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But just like purely, I just wanted to see like what dialogue options you were. And I saw that there was an option to be like, please help me. Please call the police. And I didn't pick it. And then Jared fucking shot him. And he's like, I did pick that option. Okay. He turns, he turns around (laughs) or he shoots Jared and you turn around. Sorry, he shoot Jared shoots Steve, and you turn around and he's like, "You did this. You got him killed." And you have two options, and one of them is like pissed off, and the other one's just confused. So I picked the one that was just confused. Yeah, <laughs> probably well, the well, funniest. Well, Go two, ahead. There's two options. One of them is, "How is this my fault?" And the other option is, "Please don't kill me." And I chose, "Please don't kill me." I think. Actually, I think I chose how is this my fault. I I picked one option, and he was like, oh, you're not angry. Well, I'm not going to be angry either. And then he just walks away. I see. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Dude. Oh, yeah. Jared's... Jared's Good really something. Jared. Jared's really something, yeah. Yeah. Jar- they did a great job of, like... I, I did everything I could to avoid running into Jared. He is utterly terrifying. And uh, I didn't... Yeah. Like, the first scene I ever got with Jared was the one in the bar, um, if you got that one. I don't think I did. Um, there's one where there, there's a, like, a little, like, side-of-the-road diner-type place, and, like, the, the bartender didn't show up, so the owner of the diner asks if you, you a child, will bartend um, <laughs> for the evening. Uh, and 
you know, it's a it's a good decent way to make a little bit of cash if you do a good job. So there's like a little a lot of these scenes have little mini games, which are some of which are pretty fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we can talk about the mini games. I probably should talk about the mini games as like a, a whole separate thing. Um, but at the end of the mini game, Jared comes into the bar because he apparently knows the owner of this place and sits at the bar and you have to make him uh, his drink which, like, he has a very specific drink. And, like, it was my first time ever meeting him, but you could tell that, like, something was off because it's playing the Jared music, and, like, it seems really fucking tense. Um, so you mix his drink, and, you know, he, he gives you money, and, like, you can ask him for, like, advice on hitchhiking, and he tells you, don't ever take taxis. Mm. Um yeah. And this was this was before I knew he was a taxi driver. So I'm like, okay, I guess I should never take taxis. Uh like that maybe that's dangerous. Um and then you, you know, you leave. And so I thought from that encounter I thought like, okay, Jared's going to be like the guy who's kind of like a gruff, you know, like gruff and stern but with a heart of gold underneath, right? That was my impression of him from that nope. scene. Uh, and the second scene I got with him was the one where he shot me point blank and I died. Oh god. Yeah, I yeah, have... that bar scene is like the least terrifying Jared scene. Yeah. Yeah, did you get that one first or did you have a different Jared no, scene? No, that was like the last one I got from him. Okay. My first so... one was him standing in the middle of the road when I was driving. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, in... was that the one with the, the door locking? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um I had I had a, a pretty great like pre-introduction to Jared. So the very first scene that I got when I booted the game up for the first time was you're at like a party hosted by President Tyrak for like his biggest um fundraising donors. I don't know if either of you got this sequence. Yeah, I got this sequence. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did. Okay. And so you go to this party and um you happen to run into Sonia outside at the at the it's security really guard. It's a Sonia scene more than it is a Jared scene, but yeah. Yeah, but but um but this was like I said the first scene I got in the game. And so the only information you have really is that uh so there there's a crazy person after Sonia. You get like you know that somebody's after her. That's all you know. So there's a bit in that scene where she's like, "Oh, I dropped my wallet. Can you go get it?" So you go get it, you pick up the wallet, and Jared is just fucking standing there, <laughs> staring at you, and he doesn't say anything, and you're like, oh fuck. So then, you know, you leave and you go through the scene, and you lose track of Sonia, and you think she's gotten killed, and then you finally, like, realize, oh, she just went back to her car. Yep. Um, so that was my first exposure to Jared. Yep. Like, not even knowing wait, his name. Hmm. How many times did you see Jared during that scene? I just saw him the once. Oh, he's there. He's is there. he just around? Oh god. Oh Quite no. A few times. If you like dance with someone, the camera is like shaky and you sometimes you he goes into view. God. Yeah, I don't think I dance with yeah, anyone. I think I saw him like I caught a glimpse of him in the bushes at one point like oh. uh, as well. Yeah, like I said this was the first scene I got in the game at all um so that was my first exposure that to jared was, very was like first scene in the game really that was my very first scene of the game wow, yeah it was okay. quite one to open up on and that's also I, how i, I ended up till like midway through oh yeah that's also how i ended up completely flush with cash on my very first run was because i run i won the shell game so hard that i just I had like 170 yeah. bucks for the rest of the run Same. You yeah so much 
Yeah. I think I think I got that on the same run where I got the um the sequence in where you meet uh the brigade group and in the pool hall and you can like play air hockey. So I think by the end of that run I had like over four hundred dollars. Oh god. I I didn't get the air hockey um like the roadhouse sequence until my very last run. And Jared's there too. <laughs> Jared's in the bathroom. Is he? I don't know if I if I found him. So I I got into there by lying. I used cleverness um, because I had it. And if you if you use cleverness, you talk to the guy at the door who doesn't want to let you in, and you just say like, "Look, I just got to go to the bathroom." And he says, "Huh, you and that skinny guy." And then later on, if you go into the bathroom, there's like a backpack on the floor. In one of the stalls, you can get a tape, and then if you look at the other stall on the other side of you, you can just see him standing there, like, facing the toilet. Like, you just see his, like, legs and feet. And nothing else happens. Okay. Just fucking terrifying that he's just around all the time. Ugh. God, he's he's like a human jump scare. (laughs) He really is. Um... Um... Yeah, you never want to get a Jared scene. I, it sounds like none of us got all the Jared scenes. So I yeah. Uh, did at, so the end credits after you get one of three potential endings. Um, there is like a during the credit roll, like these photos that I assume are like what happened to each character based on how you did in their storyline. Um, like you know, if you saved Sonia, there's Sonia with her. Uh, like with her two brothers, um, and there's one of Jared. For me, he was like in a Hawaiian shirt, hanging out at the beach. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I wonder if that's the same thing. If you get all of his things, I was wondering if there's like a way to get him caught. Um, yeah, I don't, cause I never really got. I don't. I didn't finish Jared's, and even though I got what felt like the last scene with Stan and Mitch and Sonia, I don't think I filled either of their meters either. Yeah, um, I don't think I did either. Um, I, I thought their I, meters was just the amount of scenes you've seen with them. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true, like, whether you've seen them all or not. Um, that I, makes I did, sense. I did yeah. successfully find all three clues, though. Because there's, like, three scenes where they, like, you have to find who is after Sonia, uh, when they are going to attack... And where they're going to attack, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, I did find all three of those, which I assume are necessary to prevent the attack. Um, oh, I only found, like, when, but the attack was still prevented. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so maybe that doesn't have a, a, an, uh, um, a, a, an outcome on, on how that works. Maybe if you don't get any of them, Sonya gets killed? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Uh, or maybe what happens to Jared in that scene is based on how much information you find. Maybe there's a fourth piece of information that can get Jared captured that we none of us found. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, but the... Uh, yeah, so I, I was wondering if there was a way to get a different outcome for Jared, because I, I really don't like the fact that he just got away scot-free. <laughs> Yeah, wearing a Hawaiian shirt, no less. When he left, he muttered something about how, like, he, you know, like, because he saw that Sonya, uh, no, it was in the final scene, I think, 
at the end of the game, there was a thing where I ran into him and he saw that um, Sonya like was regretful for not saving that girl. And so he just backed off and said something about um, like he said he was going to go for the brigades. Yeah, only the the brigades were left. Um, Yeah. so, like, I don't want him going after John. Like, he can kill Robert. I don't care. Robert's a f- yeah. Fucker. Robert sucks. Yeah, Robert's a fucker. But um, I um, well, when I, I don't did... want him to kill John. John's John's kind of all right. I like John. Um, I I will tell you what I wrote in my notes. The literal first time that I ran into John on my second run. <clears throat> Let's see. Where is it? Uh, hitched, hiked, and met John. Papa Bear, indeed. I am literally in love. Those are my notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, is is so? What was the first uh, scene you got with him? Mine was the one where he's falling asleep in his truck. Oh God, I hate that one. But uh, no, the first one that I got with him was where he's talking to Mama Bear, um, Fanny, on the CB radio, and you do oh. a shootout from the back of his truck with a <laughs> nail gun while trying to give him advice on what to say to get her to agree to go on a date with him. Yeah, that one is fun. <laughs> That, that one was great. Um, yeah, the scenes I got with John. So that was the first one. The second one I got with him was one where I actually had stolen a car. So I was picking him up. His truck broke down and we had to yeah. find a phone. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got 100% of the John scenes. So I might also have gotten 100% of the John scenes. Um, I got the fall asleep driving one and then I got the uh, the one at the roadhouse with air hockey. So I think uh, that was all of his. Uh, did you get the the one where he's drunk? Oh, uh, no, I didn't get that one. Okay, okay, so I haven't gotten all of them. Yeah, there's one where he's drunk because he found out... He went to Rendezvous with Mama Bear and found out that she was a cop. And so oh. he, did, he didn't actually go in. He, like, saw her from a distance and realized she was a cop. So he got really drunk, and you find him, like, wandering around out in the, uh, out in the desert. And he oh, spent- yeah. He demands you play soccer with him. Okay. <laughs> you have to race him and then play soccer against him. That that makes sense because in the last like the last run that I did where, you know, you run into Alex and he's trying to disarm the bomb and then Fanny shows up and John shows up and they're all like, Oh what, you're Mama Bear, blah 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 blah. You're his mom. And he mentioned something about having stood her up for a date. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know if there was a scene for that or if, if yeah. it was just that implied. Was my, so uh, gotcha. Very first scene. Oh, interesting. Which was uh, okay. weird, because, like, it's that not feel- really hitchhiking. Yeah, and also that feels weird to come after the one where you help him get a date with Mama Bear. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, interesting. Yeah, so maybe, there are some where I was, like, I, you know, some of these you can play definitely in any order. Some of them do feel a little ordered, and I was wondering if they had flags to prevent them playing out of order, but it sounds like they do not. It's a wing and a prayer. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of an odd one to get after the or before the the nail gun shootout. Um, I don't yeah. know. Did you still get the nail gun shootout? No, the nail gun shootout is uh, it's supposed to come after because they're planning a second date. Because oh, the dialogue must change. Yeah, the, the dialogue, dialogue must change. Okay, so they have some kind of flagging system. And I, I actually oh, thought, interesting. I thought that this might be the case, that there is a flagging system 
that checks what other scenes you have gotten, either in that run or previously in your your sequence, poss possibly. Because there definitely was a dialogue scene, like, uh, there's a scene where you run into John in a phone booth at the at uh, at a gas station, and he's like yelling at Robert for um, telling Alex to make a bomb. Um, and I had seen Alex previously uh, in that <clears throat> sequence, and I was able to say to John like, "Oh, I think I know that kid." Um, so I think there are there is some flagging that like you know if you if you happen to run into like I think I was able to say that to Fanny in one scene as well because I had had an Alex scene earlier mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, so there is some dialogue changes based on order. Um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, that makes sense. You got that as a as a second date. Interesting. So the implication is that he went yeah. back to to make it work with her despite her being a cop. I mean, that changes a lot, actually. Yeah, it really does. Because yeah. they were having like a serious discussion about like I don't know, you stood me up the last time. I don't know. Interesting. And then, yeah, I, I, I did like, get. Yeah, I want to make this work. Blah blah blah. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's cool. I, that makes me wonder about all the stuff that could change based on the order of events that happens. And yeah, that I... might be a large factor why it feels natural and not procedural. Yeah, in some yeah. sense, definitely. Yeah, um, and that that is, I think, what won me over about the game uh, because, like, uh, the 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 ability to make it feel like a very cohesive story, despite having these procedural elements is like the systems in this are really well designed and the mm -hmm. overall writing is pretty good like some of the localization stuff notwithstanding um the writing is is very solid yeah i agree um, it does I will have say it goes from super serious to very goof goofy in a very short amount of time yeah or vice versa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that can happen. Although for me, I did feel it did feel like I and maybe this is just coincidence for my playthrough, but it did feel like I got a lot more of the more lighthearted scenes earlier on and a higher density of high tension scenes later on, uh, which is why I thought like maybe they have a system where some episodes don't unlock until later. Um, I also did more runs than you guys, right? Because I had eight episodes instead of six. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah. I maybe there were some more high t tension scenes that I just saw, if if indeed those came those come later rather than earlier, um, but who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm like looking through my notes and I feel like I had a pretty decent like my last my my sixth run was mostly like scary sequences, but like my fifth run. Um, was definitely a big mix. I did you guys get the scene where you start out in Stan and Mitch's sidecar on their motorcycle? I got two scenes where I start out no. in Stan and Mitch's sidecar. So there's there's the one where you end up doing the chase. You chase the taxi. Did you get that one? Yes, I got okay. that. Okay, I love that one because I love being part of Stan and Mitch and the kid. Yeah. Um, th their like catchphrase is Stan and Mitch. And then uh, at one point in the sidecar, they like 
pick you up and put you in the back seat behind Mitch, and it becomes Stan and Mitch and the kid. <laughs> um, so I did that immediately. Um, afterwards, or I did that, and then immediately afterwards got the hotel scene with Jared. So that was like big whiplash. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. then I met well, Alex. You're, ch- you're chasing down Jared in that. Yeah. Scene. Uh, like you and then they a, just let him go. Actually, yeah. Well, they um, accidentally let him go because yeah. they're Because but. yeah, because they're dumb. And then, and then I got a scene with Alex where we were just like pranking some guys at the gas station after starting a generator. Um, so is that, that was... the, although is that not the one where Alex is constructing the bomb? Yes, it is the one where it he's is. constructing the bomb. Yeah, but so they... that's a little dark, right? Yeah. Like, he is making a bomb. He did specifically say, oh, it's just a prototype. You can't detonate it. Um, a little dark, but then, yeah. like, yeah, it's you start the generator, and it's like, oh, actually, the generator is wired up to this guy's car out there. Let's scare these guys by electrocuting them. <laughs> yeah, is... I, didn't, I didn't press the button because I was worried we might accidentally kill those guys. I pressed the button. I did I not press the button because I waited for the first guy to touch the car again and shock him again and only shocked one of the guys. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, I shocked them both and then they chased us and nothing happened. Yeah, I, I like, didn't do anything and we just waited and they drove off. Oh, yeah. I, I, I shocked them. And like I said, they, cha- they, they they were like, oh, there's some kids over there. And then they start chasing you. You hide in a shed and then, like, nothing happens. You leave after dark. Okay. okay. Um, I, interesting. So this, that scene was entirely in the dark for me. It all happened at nighttime. Oh, okay. Um, it may have been, there's, there might be a sleeping space there and I maybe slept first and then did the scene. So maybe I like turned it to nighttime. I don't remember. Um, but it seems like some of these scenes can, I may have been like less unnerved by the whole building a bomb thing if it hadn't been in the dark. Yeah, probably. Um, so, you know, I guess that affects the mood and tone of certain scenes as well. Is cl- Apparently they can happen at different times of day. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, there's, there's... Oh yeah, so there's two Stan and Mitch scenes in the sidecar. There's that one. There's another one where a cop starts chasing you because they've just done a bank robbery. And they you get a... So they have a big bag full of cash from the bank. Um in in the back uh and they give you a little like bazooka that you can shoot money at the car that's following you Uh so it's a little like the nail gun chase scene except instead of aiming for the tires you're supposed to aim for the windshield and i didn't realize you were supposed to aim for the windshield so i failed to stop the cop car so we got pulled over uh and i had to bribe the cop to to leave but luckily i had like a decent amount of cash on that run so it was fine that's funny. I like the um, the, the greatest criminal masterminds of our generation just throwing money away. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were like, "Are you throwing?" They don't. They don't give you the gun. I guess you find the gun there, but oh. they, they go like, "Wait, you're you're shooting our money at him? That's genius!" And it's like, "All right, all right, whatever." When you um, talk to the cop afterwards, uh, he and he's like, "What were you doing, shooting money at me?" You can say, "I was just returning the money that is the property of the bank." <laughs> yeah. Um, did you get the scene where Stan and Mitch are having a like a little lovers quarrel? Uh, I don't know. Do you have to? Did you do the uh, quiz where you're the no. third wheel? 
I did not get that one. But There's a scene where, um, let me see, where if I can figure out where I got that. I got uh, one. Okay, that was. I got one where they force you force you into doing a, a like a robbery. There's a few like forcing them into being an accomplice. One mm-hmm. where you rob a fast food place, and one where you like break into a surveillance room. Yeah. So um, the the one that I'm talking about was I was I was driving a stolen car, and they hijacked me. Yeah. Um, and they were like having an argument, okay. and <laughs> like they're like it's literally like a lover's quarrel, and you can treat it as such. And they're like, well, maybe it's time we just go our separate ways. And Mitch, you can go keep doing robberies with I don't know this kid. So Mitch gives you a quiz that's like, when's the best time to do a robbery? What's what do you do with your money? <laughs> if like when you get back to your hideout, just like stupid questions that have nonsensical answers. Yeah, and it's like literally game show music playing. Yeah, and... so fun. Um, and if you if you win the quiz, um, they they realize that they're perfect for each other, and basically they just like kick you out of the car. <laughs> I think if you fail it, you die. Probably. I didn't fail it, thankfully. Um, I didn't either, but... but yeah, Stan like does the... have a shotgun pointed at you the whole time. Um, uh-huh. Which is a little scary. But... Yeah, yeah the so... Stan and Mitch can be a little intimidating upon occasion. Like, the one where they force you to, like, rob a fast food joint does feel... Mm-hmm. Like, there is a ticking clock that's ticking yeah. down, and that feels very, like intense and like un unfun um so but usually their scenes are not not nearly as frightening as as jared's scenes yeah they're usually pretty bumbling which is fine i'm i'm okay with that uh we only need one jared in this game honestly (laughs) yeah uh yeah that's it's interesting where you like you, you you know you see you start in on a scene and you like walk towards whatever it's going to be, or you look around your vehicle or whatever, um, and you you then you you get to the moment where you see whose character scene it's going to be, and you're either like, oh yay, or uh, oh no. Yeah, I um, <laughs> yeah. Every time every time I had a fanny scene, I was like, am I gonna get arrested? Like, I don't yeah. think she's bad, but. I don't know. I don't feel yeah, good so about this. The one, the one scene I got arrested was where I tried to help her. Um, is there's a scene where um, the bomb is the first bomb is built, um, and they test it on like a uh, like a billboard, bringing down a oh, billboard. They, I got a scene where they talked about doing that, um, but then I didn't see the actual. Okay. Aftermath well, of there's it. a scene where um, they use it to bring down a billboard. You um, so it's a, it starts as a scene where uh, you've stolen a car, and your only option to continue the scene is to drive too fast, and then you get pulled. Which I'm like, okay, this is going to get me pulled over by the cops. Uh, this must be yeah. a fanny scene, and in, indeed, you drive too fast, and fanny pulls you over, <clears throat> and she arrests you, and so you're in the back of the car with another teen, um, and. They she gets a she gets a radio call from Papa Bear who says like whatever you do do not drive on this route. Uh, but then she gets another call that says like, um, hey, there the brigades have been spotted on that route. Like you should go you know investigate. So she takes off for it, uh, and then she the the like there's a billboard that gets knocked over and it like 
causes her to like slam into it and there's a the car flips car accident <clears throat> so you climb out of the car and you have the option of saving her or the teen the other teen in the back so i've pulled out the other teen because i'm not my first priority is not the cops i'm the runaway teen mm -hmm. uh, and then like so that teen gets away and then uh you have the opportunity to go back and try and also get the second person out um, and I'm like, well, she's Alex's mom. Like, maybe I can show her that, like, you know, these, like, the kids are are good kids and, like, sh you know, soften her position on things a little bit. But if you go back, then her backup shows up and you get arrested. Huh. Um, Interesting. I got a different scene where I got pulled over by Fanny for driving too fast. Yeah. Um, the one that I got was a lot less involved. I, I got pulled over by for driving too fast, and before she actually booked me and, like, put me in the cop car, um, we got ambushed by, yeah. like, a brigade car yeah. that started shooting at us, and then she's like, I'm getting in the car, fucking drive, kid, and you chase yeah. him down. Um, yeah, I got so that that's too. the one I, I got, think, yeah. I, think yeah, I, I got both of those. I think I also got 100% of Fanny scenes. I think I 100%ed john fanny and zoe and maybe alex um uh i don't remember if i 100 percented alex or not uh um, i don't know now that i'm thinking about it i don't know that i 100 percented anyone but zoe probably because i yeah. didn't die early on any of yeah, these runs because you, you got it in six episodes yeah so, i think i only did zoe yeah, I think it's it's built so that there's like enough episode enough scenes to get you through ten episodes, which is why if it takes you ten episodes, they just get you to the end anyway. Gotcha. Uh, I wish I would have not been so careful and died more times. I guess then. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Did um, you guys uh, meet Max? Yeah. That sounds familiar. Which which one is that? Um, it's like Max... a teenager that hitchhikes and then yeah. well, no, end I didn't... up getting caught. I didn't meet him until the last run, which I think is is story like is, is story defined because uh, you met yeah. him in prison. Um, yeah, because you yeah you have uh, you have a prison scene with him, but I did not meet him until prison. No. Yeah, I I only met him early on in that last run and then again later in prison in that last Actually, run. I don't think I did. Uh, I did meet another hitchhiker on the bus at one point. Was that Max? I don't think so. So the I scene where I know. got Max was you start off at a gas station, you meet another kid trying to cross there and you talk to him for a bit. Um, I didn't have any money so I was like, I can't, you know, you usually have the option like, oh here's some money to help. But yep. I didn't have any so I didn't get that. I got blackmailed by the um, the guy running the gas station. He was like, oh, I, I recognize you. You're from the posters. And if you don't want me to call the cops, then uh, run the gas pump for me. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to blackmail you into working. And not only does he blackmail you into working for him, he also pays you to do the work that he blackmails you. Like, it's a bizarre thing. But all of that <laughs> is just um, just to get an excuse for you to be working the pump when the cops show up. And... Um, I mean, I'm, you can try to save Max because the cops start chasing him, like, on foot. Um, yeah. And I I didn't take it because not only was Fanny there, but it was also those two other cops. So yeah. Fanny was like, don't be a hero, kid. I got this. The other kid gets arrested, and they're the, the other two cops are about to take you, but they're like, no, 
we'll just leave you with Fanny and we'll, you know, we'll book another runaway teenager. And then Fanny just lets you go. Um, and then, and then, yeah, later you meet Max in the prison again. I guess I must not have 100%ed Fanny because I did not get that scene. Um, or at least I don't remember getting that scene. Um, if I did, it must have played out very differently. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. But I think I maybe didn't get it. Uh, I suppose I could boot up the game and see, like, because when you start a thing, I think it tells you what your percents are. Mm-hmm. Um, Even but... if you start a new game plus? I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, uh, I don't think it shows you when you've got a new game plus going. Maybe but not. But I haven't started one, so maybe I'll do that later. Um, I know you get to keep all of your unlocked abilities in New Game Plus. Yeah, that's um, the real reason so. I want to. That's the real reason I want to play it is because I didn't get Lucky Star until the very end, so I missed out on rummaging through a lot of trash cans, and that just doesn't sit right yeah. with me. There's Lucky one... Star was the only one I did not get. Oh, damn! It's it's uh, not very useful. Well, actually, not. no. It it does increase um any like percentage chance dialogue options that you get it does increase that which is useful i, I don't know how, like i feel like i must have rolled very terribly cuz i feel like i very rarely got successes on those dice rolls um so i, I to the point yeah. where i wondered if some of them were maybe lower odds than they advertised could uh, be i got I f- more successes than i should have okay so maybe i feel like i, I- I succeeded on ones that were important and didn't didn't succeed on ones that weren't important mm. is kind of <laughs> how I felt like it shook out for me. So who knows what, what actual math is going on under the hood. There's, there's one where you, um, you, uh, where Stan and you're helping Stan and Mitch uh, rob a fast food joint. And one of the guys that like you need to collect money from is a probability. Mm-hmm. And I had already like I had already gotten money from everyone else, uh, except there was one guy who was like, "I need a minute, like I'm or I'm gonna have a heart attack. Please, yeah. like, come back later." So I'm like, "All right, I'll go see this guy." And I sat. I, the timer was. I, I checked the timer. I'm like, "Okay, they probably mean literally a minute." So I'm like, "Okay, so when the timer is around forty seconds, I should go back and and talk to him again." And so I sat from about like, you know, the minute minute ten mark or whatever it was. Um, and just rolled, give me, please give me your money with this other guy the entire time. And he, I didn't get it that entire time. Uh, I, and then I went back and got the money from the guy, the first guy. And then I went back to the guy and re-rolled with him the entire time. And I got a f- success finally with like four seconds left. So I don't know if that's scripted or not, but it felt scripted. It, it, I had I a very similar, I got it quite early. Okay. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's scripted that they will just give it to you uh, if you get close enough. Because I had a similar experience. I think I I wasn't quite so close to the wire as like four seconds, but I did just sit there and and beg with him for several attempts. It's a, it's it claimed to be a twenty five percent chance, and I rolled at least a dozen times before getting it. Oh, see, mine mine was giving me like a ten percent chance, so it well, made I sense had, for me to I not. Lucky. I had lucky by that. Okay, point, that makes so. sense. 
Okay, so maybe maybe Lucky Star just adds 15% to the number, yeah. but doesn't actually affect the odds. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah. Or, or maybe it's bugged and it actually like reduces your odds or something. Who knows? <laughs> but it's it definitely... I, yeah, I mean, I, I had to have been like incredibly unlucky if that was the case, because I was I was seriously there just picking that dialogue over and over for like over a minute because I did it for a minute while I was waiting and then for again for like 30 seconds afterwards. So I would yeah. say the percentage chance at the road to 96 where you climbed the mountain. Having 80% chance to make a j- the jump is terrifying. Did you did you have jump or walk? Yes. Okay, because I definitely, I was like, hmm, I could pick the option that has a 20% chance of failure, or I could pick the option that has a 0% chance of failure? Like, what? Why, Why would anyone choose to jump? Wait, 0%? Yeah, it was a, so. It was it, you have an eighty percent chance of making it if you jump, and a one hundred percent chance of making it if you walk. Or at least I did. To, you have to put a you have to put a plank across. Uh, oh, there was already a plank. plank. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, there was uh, already a plank when I got there. So, and I hadn't done that previously, so it wasn't yeah, like I a, a leftover chance. But I didn't. I did not have a hundred percent. I weird. Did. And that I must... think it was before I got lucky. So. Yeah, I I crossed the mountain pass. Oh, how much, before I how had much to... health did you have? Because your your health score affects how you do on that that particular route. Oh, okay. I, I think... had a lot. Yeah, I think okay. I was doing pretty good on health too. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken that chance. Yeah. Um, to to cross the mountain path, and I I didn't have vitality yet, so I didn't have the whatever yeah. the other shortcut the, option the scene, was. The scene with John where you get vitality <laughs> was, I think, the second scene i ever got oh okay second or third scene it was definitely in my first run so i had more health for the entire game and let me tell you that is great that's nice yeah i always i always prioritized health over money and over distance from the border every time i got a starting chance um and i didn't i didn't get vitality until uh my second to last run yeah and Um, like towards the end of it too so I want to talk about how they did the uh, the opening because I think it's really brilliant. Uh, every time you start a run, it starts with a Sonya newscast where she basically tells you like what is the current game state. Like, you know, cops have been cracking down on this thing based on what you did last time, and you know, like this like is coming up. Here's the current state of like political feeling about the election, right? And all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then it ends with, like, let's look at our missing teen reports. Here's three teens who have been reported missing lately. And that's your character select screen. That's mm-hmm. the screen that lets you pick who you're going to start the run with. And you get to see, like, you know, it shows you, like, how old they are, when they disappeared. Um, but it, it also shows you the game stats. So, like, how much energy do you start with? What scene do you start with? Like, were you hitchhiking? Were you, did you steal a car, etc.? Um and how far from the border is How far from is the border one. are you? How much money you have? You know, mm-hmm. like all, all of your stats, basically. And your age, I think, is yeah, the last thing. Yeah, and it and a little silhouette of like what your icon looks like. You never mm-hmm. see your physical self. And in fact, in one or two scenes, it's a little bit uh, noteworthy because you like fail to see your character who's supposed to be driving a car, uh, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
but it's you know that's that's a very forgivable oversight. Yeah. Um. um but yeah. I have a question yeah. about that. Does the distance from your goal matter? I, I don't think you maybe have a chance of getting an additional scene if you're a little further away. Yeah, um, I never noticed like a huge difference. Like I said, I didn't pay too terribly much attention to that distance when I started a new run. Um, I just feel like the the distance that you travel on each leg varies so widely. Um, yeah, just depending yeah. on what you get, that it doesn't seem like it makes that big of a difference. Yeah, um, it did, it didn't seem huge, but on the off chance that like you have more scenes, and each time you like move on from a scene, it usually uses up energy. I usually tried to pick closer if I had the option, but I also tended to prioritize energy over the other stats. Yeah. Um. The. Yeah, it shows like your progress on a little map um up to the towards the the border crossing point um <clears throat> as just like little little, you know, procedurally dropped pins on the map basically, which is kind of a cute thing. Uh as you head up to road 96, which I've got to say um Carl made the the point in the chat before we started the podcast yeah. that this game is what Europeans think America is like, and it definitely has a slightly like uncanny valley uh, Americana to it, where there's things where you're like, okay, I guess, um, and yeah, one I mean... of the, down down to the name of the game. Um, which is uh, Road 96, which, if it was actually made by an American team, would definitely have been called Route 96 and not yeah. Road 96. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I noticed was that every sequence is either in, like, the American Southwest desert or, like, in the Pacific Northwest forests, and there's no other, no other like, um, biomes in the United States, which, fair. They picked probably the two coolest looking ones that we got. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, even even there was one point where uh, my character started pretty close to what looked like a coastline, like started, you know, just randomly chose a start point kind of close to the ocean. And I was like, oh, am I going to see some like kind of coastal beachy stuff? No, it's still just nope. desert. It was still just the desert, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's cool scenery no matter what. Um. So there's that. Yeah, and also I the... say, like it's clearly meant to take place in America. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's not America. Yeah, and it's also like it's the the government is definitely more fascist than the actual American government, even under Trump, right? Because like the the whole thing is that like the teens who get captured are being sent to like uh like slave labor mining camps. Yeah, <laughs> and, like... and, and the other literally was tortured. Yeah. And couldn't um, speak. Yeah. And and the other thing is that Tyrak has obviously been president for more than ten years. Yeah. Which uh we have it that's not allowed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> the way our government is if that's happening in the American government, then there's a real, real, real big fucking problem. Yeah. And I um, mean I'm I'm sure that there are a lot of countries that have like a choice between you know, like a sort of right wing extremist and like a more moderate uh like liberal candidate um 
but it really did feel like this is, you know, this is like a Trump Biden election, basically, like was what they were going for pretty hard. It uh, was, it was, I mean, I guess I do sort of want to talk about the, um, like the political alignment choices that you get throughout yeah. the game. Because... I, I kind of really liked how they did that because it's not a choice, but he, I was grateful that they didn't give you a choice that was agree with the fascist governments. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's like, true. Right? Like, that would have felt, like, really token. Uh, instead, they're like, how do you want to disagree with the fascist government? Mm -hmm. In what manner? Yeah, and your options are um, basically, like, side with the brigade, your pro-potentially violent, violent rebellion. Yeah. Um, or you're a, a moderate. They describe it in the game as being a moderate, where you're very into voting and getting yeah. everybody else to vote. Yeah, fix the and, system from within the system kind of yeah. option. And the third one is, uh, fuck everybody else. I'm in this for myself, and I'm just trying to get across the border. Yeah, the, the escape option. Yeah. Um, I will say, and maybe I just was like not consistent enough with picking one category and sticking with it throughout the game, um, I didn't feel like that made much of a difference when you when you chose a dialogue so, option outside of just was, that immediate scene. I was very consistent, extremely okay. consistent, and okay. I got an ending that ref did not reflect what I picked. Okay, interesting. Which which um, so there's things other that I did look this up a little bit. There's things other than just which dialogue options you pick that do affect this. Um, but what did you what what one did you try to get and what did you end up getting? Me or Carl? I oh, pretty okay. much consistently picked like voting yeah, for non-fascist. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got the rebellion ending. Uh, so the the rebellion ending and the vote ending do look fairly similar. Uh, as it turns out, um. But the, oh, the, the you know, yeah, you do know that you you'll know that you got the voting ending if they say that the wall was dismantled at the end. If there's okay. in the like post thing, they're like, you know, there's still a lot of you know protests and not everything is fixed, but like the um, you know, Flores won by a landslide and they did dismantle the the border wall. Uh, and the yeah, thing then I'm, I like, think I got the voting ending. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's the one I got as well. Same. Um, um, and I don't, I, I will say, like, the dialogue options that I chose were heavily dependent on who I was talking to. Like, don't be pro-brigade when you're talking to Jared, yeah. because he will probably, he'll probably fucking kill you. Um, yeah. So uh, that was really more what I was doing. Yeah, but and I, I didn't, I didn't try to be pro-voting. Uh, after a certain point, I mostly didn't try to be pro-voting when talking to Sonia because I'm like, there's, she doesn't fucking matter. She's always gonna be, uh, yeah, exactly pro, pro Tyrax. So, um, so, but I, I will say, I did vandalize every Tyrax poster that I could find. Yes, and that yes. affects. That seems like it affects the uh, the the polling percentages in the opening scenes, as far as well, I can see, tell. I, I didn't feel like it did, because my percentages were pretty much holding steady as, like, Tyrak was in, like, the 60s, and Flores was in the 30s, maybe, and then the only thing that I seemed to get was that the abstain um, category kept getting bigger and bigger, which I didn't feel like I chose that many, um, you know... Revolution ones? Um... I didn't feel like I chose that many revolution ones, definitely. But I also, I thought that would be more affected by choosing, like, 
you know, so, I'm in it for myself options. So here which... was my experience. I, I pretty much exclusively chose the voting options as well. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, uh, I was like, I want to show that I'm like a, a good teenager who's not doing anything bad. I just want to get to the border. And like, hopefully that'll get me leniency with like, if I run into cops and stuff, right? So I never did any vandalism in like my first three or four runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and the voting polls was like the same every time. It was like 60-30, 60-30, 60-30. And like maybe Flores was gaining like one or two points. And then I, at one point I was like, ah, fuck it. And started vandalizing posters. And Flores's numbers started shooting up. Like every time I restarted a run, her increase would be like 5% more. It's wild. Because, so... yeah, like I said, I vandalized pretty much every poster. Unless I was like directly within sight of cops then i didn't do it but <laughs> yeah. every other time i saw one i vandalized it and it didn't seem like it it budged the numbers much at all so yeah. I, I don't know I, just so interesting who, math behind yeah. the scenes yeah. yeah who knows how the system is counting these things behind the scenes <laughs> yeah so okay so we all got the the vote ending is that yeah. what it sounds like yeah okay yeah yeah um the other endings are the the which is honestly probably the best ending um, yeah. The other endings are the protest ending. I believe in that ending, um, Fanny shoots John in the scene at the end, um, and like you, you know, you go rejoin the the protests. Uh, so a lot of teens get shot during it. Um, and the the end of credits thing is about how like um, the there were like violent protests surged for a little bit, but eventually the Tyrak government like squashed them down and became even more sort of fascist basically oh, like even more tight-fisted um and like you know they 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 put down the rebellions by force basically um or no, actually hold on maybe that's uh let me let me look it up again because I, that may also be the the escape ending is the worst ending that one might be the the one that where the Tyrak government stays in charge um uh 96 uh endings let me find the article that i was looking at um that's the one that yeah ending. okay uh let's see uh uh so the worst ending is the escape ending um the fate of petria goes from bad to worse uh, you will have additional bleak details. Alex will be the one who created the bomb. Fanny will most likely shoot John. Um, yeah, okay, so that's the one where, like, the personal stuff also goes badly. Um, and then in... Uh... Okay, yeah, and that's the one where they crack down more. So in the in the revolution ending, Tyrak is overthrown and replaced by Flores. But the Black Brigades believe she's too moderate, so the implication is that the Black Brigades are going to continue and, like, keep keep doing terrorist stuff. So oh, that's, the, that's the revolution ending. Um, it's okay. like, technically you, you win, you, you do take, you know, the revolution does happen, but, uh, like, the violence continues, right? Because yeah. that's, you were in support of the violence. And then, yeah, if you just escape, then, like, the government just gets they crack down like bad things happen to the people that you that you saw like but you pretty much also have to choose the like i'm only in it for me option every time that's a thing narratively (laughs) so 
Like, yeah, that I makes sense. I feel like that one, you have to be a real dick to get that one. <laughs> I don't know. I like those options. The where you, those, like, don't not... save anybody in a given scene. Not I mean, really even... save anything, but a lot of the, like, escape ones are just, like, I just want to get out of the country, and I could yeah. relate. Yeah, there's, like, same. there's scenes where you're, like, you know, trying to talk Alex down from working on the bomb with John. Um, I don't know if either of you got that scene. I don't think I got that one. Because the one where, when when I was going through it, John was pretty vehemently anti, like, having Alex involved to the extent that he is involved. Like, yeah. I think I sort of got the sense that, like, okay, John wants Alex around, mostly to keep an eye on him and, like, give him some jobs to keep, make him, you know, keep him busy. Um, but he doesn't want him to actually be involved with, like, all the shit that Robert's doing, um, so I didn't. I didn't get that scene, and I didn't even know that that was like. <laughs> yeah, so that's one the one. That that's the one with the uh, with the phone booth. So you go to a gas okay. station. Uh, John's in the phone booth, like screaming at Robert on the phone, like he's only fourteen. Like, how dare you get him involved in this? You know, and and basically the you know you learn that like oh, Robert's the one who's asked um, Alex to make this bomb. Um, and then uh, John tries to call Alex and talk him down, but Alex is like, you know, screw you. You, you, you said you would tell me about my parents and you haven't, so I'm just doing, like, you know, this is, this is what's necessary and hangs up. And so John has calls again from the CB radio in the truck and has you try to talk him down. Um, and you can try and, like, convince him that, like, John actually really does care about him and you can get John to divulge some information about mm. about his parents like their names and stuff. Um and I assume if you fail so when I when I succeeded in that scene I got one of those there's a few sequences a few story sequences where at the end you get a black bar at the top of the screen in a like X will remember this kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um and in this case I got a Alex will not build the bomb for the for the brigades message. Um, okay, yeah. What so happens I... is there's still a bomb at the end, and uh, Alex is like, it's not what it looks like. Like, Robert had someone else build the bomb from my prototypes, and I'm trying to disarm it. Um, but Yeah, that's the ending that I got, so I must have just, like, made the right choices in enough yeah. other places where, where everybody got on the good path. Also, yeah. I will say I really really didn't like Robert. I only ran into Robert a couple of times. Yeah. But I really really didn't like Robert purely for like procedurally generated reasons. And <laughs> the the reason was that in the um in the scene where you're at that like brigade HQ roadhouse where you do the road or the air hockey, um there's a sequence where you and John and Robert go back up to the bar and Robert's like, "Oh yeah, get this kid a drink." Um and John's like, an alcoholic drink? <laughs> and, and Robert says, yeah. I mean, the kid's practically an adult. Bearing in mind that at that in that sequence, I rolled, uh, I think, a 15-year-old girl. No. Um, which made things infinitely creepier. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that gave me a pretty bad impression of Robert, let me just say. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever find yourself saying that a 15-year-old girl is basically an adult... Maybe fucking reevaluate. Let's just yeah. let's just say that. Let's say that. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, 
I have, so do people have generally have thoughts on the, like, that those kind of, like, X will remember this messages, the, like, the stuff that popped up where it's, like, um, so there's the big ones. There's, like, big banners when some major story event happens where it's, like, you accomplished this thing, basically. Like, you found out where the attack will take place or, you know, Alex will not build the bomb. Um, but then every time you choose one of those options, dialogue options that, like, determine your, like, type of protester you want to be, um, it says, like, this will have an effect pops up in the corner. Yeah. How do you feel about that text? I mean, um, it has been joked about a lot since t- Telltale days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still think it it affects me. I was yeah. like, ooh, oh shit, this actually mattered. And yeah, I'm not sure I... it actually did. But... Yeah, and that's kind of where I fall on it. It's like, I see that, and um, especially because of, you know, how we've been primed to deal with those sorts of messages, particularly because of, like, the earlier Walking Dead Telltale games, where it says, like, oh, your choice matters, but then it really kind of doesn't end up mattering, is my thinking is always, like, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah. So, I, I, except for the ones where it clearly gives you, like, you learned this. This is the outcome of what you've just done. Yeah, Um, those matters I like, for sure. Yeah, but if it's just a vague message of, like, this has an impact that I'm like, okay, that's fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of torn on it because on the one hand, it's like, it feels like it devalues a lot of your other choices because you're like, oh, I guess none of these other dialogue options have an impact, even though that is very much not true. Yeah. <laughs> because some of those dialogue options can get you fucking killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I do like to know when it's counting something. Like, maybe they were worried that, like, those dialogue options felt very arbitrary, um, but weren't. And they're like, oh, no, you should know that, like, we are actually doing something with these things, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I guess. I, so, think I don't know. The, uh, I think the other thing for me is that it, it immediately feels less impactful because you're not the same person on every run. So, like, it, it makes sense that you wouldn't be making the same types of choices on every run because you're not the same teen. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, like, like I said, like I've said probably many times this episode, like, the math going on under the hood is very mysterious, and yeah, what are you gonna do? If there's ever, yeah. if, there's, if anybody knows of, like, a GDC talk that these people do, where they reveal how the story scenes are, uh, allocated, super interested in knowing how the system works. Yeah, definitely. And, and seeing if my guess is anywhere near accurate. Yeah, but until then, we guess I guess we just have to live in the mystery yeah. a little bit. Oh, it looks like uh, they've made their own like videos about of like oh. making of oh, good. Road ninety six. Okay. okay, that's cool. I'll have to check that out then because I'm I'm very curious. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to talk mini games? Does anybody have a have some favorite mini games? Because there were a lot of them. There were, like, you know, <laughs> there's ones where you, like, clear the, like, television while you're, like, choosing um, different stations. There are a few, like, dodge cars along the roads minigame. There's a mm-hmm. air hockey minigame that actually feels legit like playing air hockey. Yeah, uh, I was I was skeptical of that, and it ended up 
being pretty fun, actually. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a long mini game. There's like a there's little a trombone. There's a playing. trombone hero. Uh, playing trombone champ in this game was fun. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. a trombone champ. Um, the there's a. Did either of you get the Sonya rhythm game one? No. No. That one's hilarious. I'm I got sorry one where she. I got one where she made me do a dance party because I picked her up while I was driving a stolen car. But I don't think that was a rhythm game section, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, no. This is the one where you where you both get really drunk in her limo. Oh, okay. So there's there's one where you get like she brings you into the limo and basically forces you to drink with her, uh, and then. Um, you go on like this weird psychedelic trip where you're like floating down the road and she's floating in the sky around you and being like, I'm your spirit guide. And there's a bunch of like these little, there's like, you know, crazy techno music going on. Uh, and there's, you know, little, little circles that shrink to a certain point and you have to click on them. Okay. Uh, when they get to that point and they explode in like little bits of light and there's like all kinds of flashing lights. It's very solid psychedelic. So uh, that's, is that a different limo sequence from the one with the, uh, where you drive through the protest, or did you get that one? That's a different one, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know like a different one. I, I said the wrong thing and she kicked me out, and I didn't know if there was, like, more that I'd missed, or if that was just a different one entirely. So yeah. that makes sense, though. Um, this one, basically, she just, she picks you up and claims that, like, oh, like, I know who you are, you're my, like, biggest fan. Or maybe that's, maybe that's the, the protest one. Depends on the protest uh, one, but I wouldn't put it past her to do it because that seems months. to be like what she just does. It's like, yeah. oh, Honey Buns, <laughs> it's Honey Buns, my biggest fan. Yeah, there's an interesting sort of commentary is that she has a in all the scenes with you, she has a southern accent, but she suppresses it while doing newscasting. Mm -hmm. So she 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 loses the southern accent, which is interesting. Um, it's like. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell if it has deeper connotations because it, so much of the rest of the Americana stuff in this is uh is such I mean, like a uncanny valley. But yeah, I mean, I think it does I think, bring it up. Yeah, um, and even even she I have say to... she like puts on an accent for it to sound so she would sound smarter. Yeah, yeah. I had I had an option of even being like, you sound different from how you sound on TV. And I mean, I know what I know of like news broadcasting is there is like an element of truth to that. Like you do have to, yeah. not have to, but if you're going to be like reporting for national news, it's generally encouraged to adopt like the kind of neutral American accent. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I know about this because growing up in the Midwest, I was told many times that that we like we natively have the uh, non-region specific newscaster accent that everybody wants. I don't know how true yeah. that is, but like that's what I was told growing up. Um, yeah, so fair. there's that. Yeah, I mean, like there's stuff you could read into it about like the politics of the American South and their relationship to you know the red versus blue mm -hmm. uh, thing, and but. Like I said, it's hard to tell, given the that they are French devs, how much to to read into that specifically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely they were going for the like, oh, you know, the South has a connotation of kind of like 
being Hicks and being less intelligent. And so you need to lose that for the newscaster persona. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty in the text for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, else, that, that, uh, that particular mini game was definitely like the one that sticks in my mind the most. I don't know if it was necessarily my favorite. My favorite might've been air hockey, to be honest. Um, or like kicking cans down. There's a thing where you have to like kick soccer balls into cans that appears once or twice. Uh, um, I didn't get that. But there, I, there's oh. one of them. One of them's at Tyrax Party. Um, it's one of the mini games you can play there. Oh, I didn't have any money, so I didn't have any money until I lost Sonia. At which point, I was not concerned about playing mini games. I was it's, like, "Oh no, did she the, die?" The prize is like a Tyrak voter badge, which is like just the stupidest. Which like yeah, annoyed okay. me, but yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Sonia is such an interesting character because she's just like such a dog shit person. Yeah. Um, but man, is she fun! I don't know. She likes you. She does. It it doesn't matter how many times you reincarnated to cross her path. She fucking loves you no matter what. Well, until you start, unless you start talking against her politics. Yeah, but I didn't do that. You got kicked out of her limo, right? Just the one time. <laughs> Every well, no, I guess I guess there was the one um the one sequence where you get roped into filming the um the oil pump, like mm -hmm. the new opening of the oil pump where the minister of oil does a speech, and I specifically fucked that up. Yeah, no, um, there there were a couple things that I sabotaged as hard as I could. One of them yeah. was that one, and the other one is uh there's a scene with Fanny where uh in a hotel where she like ropes you into trying to uh get info on John. Uh, and I intentionally fucked that up so that she was thrown off the trail. Uh, okay, I didn't get that one, but yeah, that's that that's definitely one that I would have also yeah there's, would there's, have also she, failed on purpose. She she basically she pulls you into the room and she's like, okay, like could arrest you. You're a runaway teen, but I won't if you help me with this thing. Like the leader of the brigade supposedly stayed here last Tuesday, but the people here won't talk to cops. So I want you to like knock on doors and ask people what they know. And it's basically like a, um, uh, what's the name of that? Guess who? That, yeah. Guess who? It's a guess mm. who game where it's like, you have a, you have a thing of people's faces, uh, and you, uh, like mark them down by process of elimination. So like you'll go to people and they'll be like, Oh, I remember there was a guy with like a squarish head and you can, you know, cross off all the people with round heads and like oh i remember he was like a young person versus an old person that kind of thing um and so it gives you a dialogue option like oh mark off all the people with square heads mark off all the people with round heads or whatever so like i intentionally fucked it up and put pressed the uh the wrong ones and i got a little thing that was like you chose not to rat out john to the cops good and there's a uh, you can see his his truck starts to pull into the hotel while you're like while you're debriefing with Fanny afterwards and looking out the window and you can see the like hotel manager like waving his arms at the truck and like shouting something and like motioning for John to move on to like to to not stop and it pulls back out and then That's Fanny's good. like it seems like you were looking at something outside the window there did something happen and you're like oh no nothing <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah, having having one of the main characters be a cop was 
<laughs> like, yeah, like for for all that they tried to make her like a sympathetic character. Yeah, um, they try to they try to like leverage the like she's Alex's mom, and you know like the mom angle to make her sympathetic, and like she adopted this child just because like you know his parents were lost at the protest and like she couldn't or at the the eighty six uh, disaster, and um, you know she couldn't stand to to see him on his own and eh, like. I did try and be, like, if it was a matter of, like, helping her out as a person, I did try and do that when I could. If it was a matter mm -hmm. of, like, helping her do her job as a cop, never under any circumstances. Yeah, absolutely not. The first scene I had with her was one where she um, was on the bus with uh, a team that she'd God, arrested. I hate and... that scene. <sighs> that scene is rough. It's she, very like, rough. She pulls a gun on a crowd of innocent people in a bus. Like, how is that... <laughs> Like, yeah, you, and you that, have to basically that was de-escalate her from violence as a cop, and I'm like, okay, like clearly, like you're not trying to fix the system. Yeah, I um, I that was the first scene that I had with Fanny, and the second scene that I had in the entire game. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it was a uh, Tyrak party, and then straight into the bus with Fanny. Um, so right. that that did not leave me with the best impression of Fanny. It certainly establishes the politics of the game right up front. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think the, the, the party is also it's like a Trump rally effectively yeah. and there's like all these little mini games that you can play that are like in which you get a like I'm a good Republican voter kind of badge from doing them and there's a, also like a dance party thing so the, the party is exclusively for big donors like mm -hmm. Sonia says later on that like oh any Tyrak supporter was welcome here absolutely not it was a like donor event uh, that like you were there was a gate check at the door that only Sonia could get you in, and even after that you can't get into the inner sanctum like to get close yeah, to him because that's only for really big donors. Yeah. Um. The the other really telling thing about that is, um, there's like a an outhouse like porta potty sort of bathroom situation, and you see in there that it's instead of toilet paper they just have a box full of like Flores vote for Flores flyers or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's a little... Mm. Yeah, like, all, pretty much all the people there are, like, pretty distasteful. Yeah. I didn't feel bad about fleecing the, the shell game guy out of all of his fucking money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I, I also won every single shell game. Yeah. It was fun. Um, you can make a lot of money. Like, it gets a little bit tricky towards the end, but if you're good at that sort of thing, uh, mm -hmm. and you have a decently sized monitor to follow, uh, yeah, definitely. then it's, uh, you, you can, can get 200. Yeah, you get a lot of money from that. Yeah. And like I, I... said, between that and air <laughs> hockey in the same scene, I had so much money. <laughs> oh, yeah, I... I chickened out and um, only played the air hockey for, for a $10 bet. Instead of a twenty dollar bet, I should have gone with the twenty dollar bet. Yeah, but whatever. Same. I think I did. I like I didn't bet a lot of money on that, but like, um, I want to say there were like two air hockeys in the same one. I don't know. I ended up with over four hundred dollars at one point, Ooh. and uh, like for for context in this game, you feel very rich if you have over thirty dollars at any point. Yeah, yeah. If you've got thirty dollars. When you get to the border, like, if you have $30 and a decent amount of energy, you're in good shape. 
definitely. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. Like that was a that was a I I put like the full full hundred dollars in both like the the area at the cave and hidden under the rock in the last nice. uh, in the I... last scene and still had a bunch of money left. Yeah, I I think the most I ever donated to the, that I put under the rock I think was like 60 bucks cuz I knew that first run that I had all the money that I was going to cuz I was like, well, I have all the money. I might as well go with the smugglers because I'm sure that's going to require a bunch of money and it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um and of course that didn't work out for me, but <laughs> otherwise yeah. um yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know sometimes when you go back to the rock on a subsequent run, there's money left over there. But it seems like most of the time, it was just all taken. I don't yeah, know. There's, there's two rocks. There's one in the cave uh, when you are... Um, so there's a cave that you always reach at the end of every run. Um, even though it, it there is a bit where it, like, it starts to get a little harder when you get there. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the border security tightens. But you always go through this cave... Um, and there's a rock there where you can, there's like a little cairn where you can like leave a stone. You can spray paint a message on the wall if you want. Um, there's a little place where you can rest to regain some energy. And there's a rock where you can leave money for a future traveler. And yeah, I'm not sure. I most of the time did not have enough money to leave. So the one time I left it, it was all gone the next time. So I don't know if that does it. But there's also, once you proceed out of the cave and go to the border, like right before, there's another rock there that says hide money. Um, and in that, you can also Whoa. leave money there. And that one is just whatever you left there just stays there. I never I noticed that rock. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed the rock. I never noticed the difference between hide and leave money. Yeah, so that one, uh, and I never needed, after that, I never needed again the, like, hundred dollars that I left there. But it was there, like, both times I checked, so. Interesting. Yeah, I I just straight up did not see that rock on any of the runs that I played. Um, and again, it, it wouldn't have mattered that much. Like, the only time I needed a bunch of money was when I knew I was going for the smugglers. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, I just made sure I had some in case I needed it. Um, yeah. which usually ended up not being too big of a deal. but So I have a question about one of the crossing ways, the, the story-specific one. So there's one that you get, I think, towards, you know, the, when you've seen all of the other scenes with Zoe, presumably, so towards the end, mm-hmm. um, where you help Zoe. You can help Zoe cross, and you can either get across or get her and get her killed, or you can get her across and, and you get killed. Um, but on the way in, there's a door that's locked that you can use lockpick skill to get into and i used the lockpick skill to open it and then zoe was like we do not have time for this come on and so i abandoned like i didn't check what was in the room and now i regret that i really wanted to know what was in that room i i don't know if it would have gotten us both caught maybe um but i also like maybe it would have had extra evidence against the tyrak government that we could have used i don't know Interesting. I think I I must have missed that door because I didn't I didn't see an option to lockpick anything. Um, I was also very panicked. Yeah, it's right. It's right before. It's... it's right before the door that like Zoe tries to lockpick. Um, okay. Which you can like take over for her. It's in that same hallway, like further okay. towards the beginning. Yeah, I ran straight to the doorway that she told me to go to and didn't yeah. look at anything else. That's yeah. fair. Same, but I don't think I had the lockpick ability done. Mm. 
Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I'm really curious if there is anything of note in that or if going in there will get you caught because you delayed too much. Because that that's the sort of thing this game would do. Like, I, I really respect the way that the game gave you the option to shoot yourself in the foot a lot of times. Yeah, definitely. And, like, um, most of the time you can tell which is the shoot yourself in the foot option, but not always. Like, I did get myself killed and arrested, so... And, yeah. Can you get yourself killed by talking shit about dinosaurs? Probably. I hope so. Probably. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, Jared is very into dinosaurs because his daughter was very into dinosaurs. Um, like, all of the magazines in the back of his... Uh, of his... Um, taxi that you can read while you're you're going along uh, are dinosaur themed. Could yeah, yeah, that would be super in character if you could shit talk dinosaurs which, and get which, killed. I mean, you can see why I was not as afraid of him as I should have been, given that my first scene was the bar scene, and my second scene was I'm in the back of his cab and he's got a bunch of dinosaur magazines. Yeah, see, I I unfortunately learned the significance of the dinosaurs first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it really well, scared for, me. Fortunately for you. Yeah, fortunately for me, that's true. Um, the the other thing is like how often, I mean, like we mentioned, how often Jared just kind of shows up, even if the scene doesn't have anything to do with him. Um, to the point where like any time I saw his taxi, like with the fedora in the back window, I would like peek in and be like, "Are there dinosaur magazines?" And then just immediately become afraid. If, yeah. if, I, if I saw his taxi anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a little dinosaur figurine in the bar scene that you can pick up. And, like, I, I wasn't sure if, like, I could do something with it in that scene. At that point, I didn't know that it was a Jared-relevant artifact because it was my first Jared scene. Yeah. But I wonder what would have happened if I had gone and, like, showed it to Jared or, like, given it to him. And that's the problem with Jared is you never know which way it's gonna go. Yeah, and in the scene, in the scene with him in the uh, in the taxi, he warns you in the beginning, like I have a temper, like I get mad, so be careful. And there's a meter for how mad he is. Yeah, I uh, yeah, he's, he's the... very. If he was just like like angry and screamy all the time, it would be much less scary. But the problem is he's so mercurial, you don't know if, like, you can have a nice conversation with him and just leave, or if he's gonna suddenly flip out. Yeah, the, the first sequence that I had with him properly um, in the, the abandoned brigade trailer park was, like, so to get into there, you see a baseball bat, and you pick up the baseball bat, and you, like, break down... Um, like Some a you know, a wooden stuff, a wooden yeah. barrier to get through, and then it just gives you the option to like break the crap out of mailboxes, out of chairs, out, like anything that you see in your path. You just have carte blanche to hit it with a ba yeah. a and baseball to be bat. Fair, they force you to break a couple things because there's a few places where the path is blocked and you can't continue unless you break at least like a little bit of cardboard boxes and stuff. Yeah, I, and I was being like a pretty respectful teen. I was only only hitting stuff that was necessary to hit. Um, but that's not relevant. The relevant part is um, Jared jump scares you and he's like, like, you're smashing stuff with a bat. Why are you doing that? And you kind of are apologetic. And he says, am I scaring you? And if you say yes, then he said, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm, I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. And then you think it's going to be like, okay. <laughs> and it's kind of okay, but then it's not okay. Um, yeah, Jared is... 
Um, yeah, he never got angry, really angry at me in that scene. He was he got a little angry towards the end, where he was like, "Oh, I thought this would work in helping and calm me down, but it's not. I still feel really angry." Um, and then he tells you to run. Then he tells you to get out, and so like, that's like, I mean that that for Jared, that's a pretty like decent encounter. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, Jared is the kind of person that I'm. I'm glad I have no equivalent of in my real life. Yeah. For sure. God, yeah. Terrifying character. And Super his, terrifying. His voice acting is like the one place where the like slightly odd cadence stuff actually works in favor because it makes him feel slightly unhinged. Yeah, it gives him almost like a G-Man-esque quality. Yeah. Um, like which, he doesn't yeah. quite know how to talk like a normal human and that's like very scary. Like, that doesn't work as well on, you know, like, Stan and Mitch, where they're supposed to feel like down-home boys. But it yeah. works very well with Jared, where he's supposed to scare the fuck out of you. Yeah, definitely. I... Ugh. Ugh, Jared. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe I just replay through this again and try to get the rest of the scenes that I missed. Yeah. I do actually want to do that. I know I always say... Not always. <laughs> a lot of times I say, oh yeah, I'll probably play more of this, and then I don't. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm kind of want to make Huck play through it and like watch his decisions that he. Oh makes yeah. Yeah, yeah this, I can this totally would be see a... me watching someone else play it. Yeah. Yeah, this would definitely be a good game to stream or to watch. Well, just to watch someone else stream or to watch someone else play. Yeah. Um. Once you've gone through it. Yeah. Um. Since we're since we seem to be like getting towards the end, I want to take an opportunity to call out the music. Like, I think I'm going to go look up the soundtrack for this, and I rarely do that for games. Yeah, <laughs> so... Really good tracks. I've been wanting to play this for so long, and it's mainly because of the music, because I knew about it beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, it is licensed music, all of it, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Okay, but looks it's like it. really good. Yeah, and there's there's, like... I don't know. I just like every time a, a song would switch, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this song. Like, this is kind of a jam. Um, there's one that gets stuck in my head, which is like the super chill road one that sounds almost exactly like Hey Soul Sister and then would always get Hey Soul Sister stuck in my head. So, see, I, I mostly like the music, but I think I think the exact same song that you're talking about, every time it came on, I would just get so annoyed because I really. I don't know what it is. I have a deep, deep dislike for that sort of like faux indie pop, <laughs> but make it twee kind of sound, like Fair millennial enough. twee pop. Um, so there was I, also some yeah. good but, like, but kind there of was techno type stuff. And, exactly, and yeah. um, John's theme was for sure a banger. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, the the music was good, and I liked the um, just collecting of. Cassettes. The cassette tapes. Yeah, there's um, a lot of there's a lot of things. Not in every single scene, but in a lot of scenes, there's like car radios or little table radios where you can switch the ambient music to one of the tapes you've collected, which mm -hmm. is kind of fun. Like I didn't make use of it very often because I I wanted to listen to you know the soundtrack they chose for me, but it was nice to to have the option. And I did get the collect all tapes achievement um, because yeah, I, I, I think, think I... they I think they just randomly put tapes procedurally in scenes so if you do enough scenes you just you just collect all the tapes yeah it, i had a few tapes like that i was missing a, but it's not like there's specific tape in specific scene for most part i think yeah so. 
Yeah, a lot of you it's can like... buy tapes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can buy tapes from kids outside of uh, um, gas stations and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I always found myself if I had the money to spare, I always found myself buying at least something from these kids because they always say, "Oh, I'm selling my stuff to try to fund my escape across the border," and I'm like, "Man, I yeah. gotta, I gotta I... do something for you." I was really surprised at myself because normally I'm very much a like resource hoarder, but I spent a lot of money just trying things and helping people out. Right? Like if I had a little extra cash, I would often just put it in the fortune pig at the end. Um, yeah. Or if I like if I had enough money for um, you know a burger, then rather than risking the health thing, I would just buy a burger. Um, yeah. Or if there was like a kid who's like, "Ugh, I really need twelve bucks to help me cross." If I had twelve bucks, even if I only had like fifteen bucks, I would still just give him the money. Yeah. Did you um? Did you donate to the Flores campaign? I did when I okay. when I was super flush with cash. I called and donated to the Flores campaign. Yeah. I didn't do that because I didn't find out that you could do that until later, and I never had another run where I was. I knew it because I I've read a lot of the mm. uh dis- the descriptions on the achievements um fair going in and so i knew that uh i got like after i got one of them which was like i think like pet the cat and blow on the fire which are two that you can only get at the first scene where you meet zoe mm. i was like oh shoot some of these are scene specific i i might like that means i might miss some of these so i did look up what they like what they were um, yeah that's fair and then most of the, I, I I actually just through normal gameplay I I ended up hundred percenting the achievements. So um, the only one that was like I probably wouldn't have tried on my own was calling home and calling and donating to the campaigns. Yeah, I it it was unfortunate because I didn't feel like I had that many sequences where I encountered a working phone booth. For starters. And, and had good money to do stuff at the time. And had money to do stuff, and also had phone numbers that I wanted to call. I kind of forgot that you could call phone numbers mm-hmm. throughout. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of phone numbers in the game. There's um, a hotline for, um, like, the brigade radio station. Do you have any information on, you know, where where it is? Which, yep. that's John. John carries the transmitter around in his truck. Yep. Um, there's, like, the missing teen posters have a phone number that you can call. Yeah, the and Flores one of, campaign. One of the tooltips says like you can call any phone number that you see in the game. Like try it, and maybe something cool will happen, or something like that. So they yeah. do want you to try, um, but it's just yeah. yeah, it's just like I said, I didn't encounter that many working phones. It felt yeah. like, and also it costs a dollar to make a phone call, which yeah. you got to decide if it's worth also, it. Also, most lines are just snitching, and I ain't no snitch. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that why. Was... Yeah. That was why I didn't end up calling a lot of them. I'm like, I'm not going to snitch on John. Like, come on. Yeah, or I'm not going to snitch on potentially myself either. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no snitch hotlines. Um, Definitely. I I mean, it would be interesting to play maybe on a new game plus and like try try it once or twice and see what happens, but... Yeah, I want to play through and see if I can find other phone numbers. Because I feel like... They wouldn't have that whole system without having some Easter egg phone numbers just yeah, kind of hidden throughout the environments. Yeah, fair. So, yeah, that's a that's a priority for my new game plus. Also, rifling through every single trash can. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, usually you find rotten food in the trash cans, which I, I, I ate rotten food like once or twice, but mostly I had enough to keep my health up otherwise. A lot of the scenes you can get free food. A lot of times I would buy food and then get free food later in the scene and feel bad about it. Yeah, or I would. I had a couple of times where like I slept and was able to top off my health completely, and then later they're like, "Oh, here's some free food." By the way, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Wasting resources. Um, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, All right. I actually don't know for sure if the game uh, gets to one of the standard endings by like if you hit episode ten, but I assume by episode ten you might be just out of. Uh, story sequences, so maybe there's just nothing stopping you from getting to the border in episode 10. Yeah, except for, like, you know, maybe just general travel making you tired and not having enough resources to, yeah. you know, but I did, get I did your health back up. So The stuff I saw, because when I, when I started episode, like, I think around 6, I was like, how many of these are there? So I looked it up and they were like, it's 6 to 10 episodes depending on how many times you die. So... Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll just let myself die a couple times <laughs> I mean, when get, I play through get, this again. You get more scenes that way, so... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, that might be... That might be the play. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that's Route 96. It's, like I said, I didn't... When I started it and I did, like, the first two scenes, I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. But as I as I as it came into view how the systems were were working, uh, I, I became more and more impressed, and it, it really won me over by the end. It had some, uh, it has some, the god, they're so good at controlling tension in this game. Mm -hmm. The feeling of, like, when they want you to feel tense, you feel really fucking tense. Because the actual, like, failure to do the thing is always a looming possibility. Yeah. And I think that's one yeah. thing that it benefits from this roguelike structure. Like, the, mm -hmm. the roguelike structure does not a ton for it in terms of like a lot of the same stuff you could get if it was just linear but the fact that it gives you dedicated stopping points so you can like take breaks um it gives you some replayability because you don't necessarily know what's coming and what you've seen and what you didn't and as we've discovered like you can talk about scenes with other people and you know see what you missed um mm -hmm. and it definitely gives you failure is a real consequence and can happen to you and then you you know like it it doesn't do like you just start another run so it's you know it doesn't actually have that much consequence you really just end up seeing a few more scenes mm -hmm. but it feels like it feels bad it feels like you the player died or were arrested feels real bad yeah it's it's scary i um you know, I, I I didn't die before the border in any of my runs, but there were times where I was, like, definitely worried that I was either going to get shot by Jared or that I was going to run out of energy and get arrested. Um, it, yeah, it, it really makes you want to do good. And the other... What happens if you run out of energy? Like, do you just get arrested? Do you just decide to go home? Do you die from exhaustion? Like they, so they imply what what is implied is that you run out of energy and you like pass out on the roadside and then um, road control picks you up. Mm -hmm. So you just you pass it, out and get arrested. Arrest, it's an arrest ending. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I said, that didn't happen to me, but it, there I had some dialogue that pretty much said that that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So well, who knows? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, the other 
Oh, I definitely recommend. I just I definitely recommend this for people who need prior art for procedural narrative, because it still mm -hmm. manages to get all the benefits of a well authored narrative while being procedural. Yeah. Also, it's pretty much everything is told through dialogue. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. I really like. Yeah, dialogue and sort of just situational uh, ex experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also like that it, it, I felt like I was not forced, but encouraged to try different things. I, I don't know, normally in a game like this, it would be like, well, uh, riding the bus has worked really well for me, or hitchhiking has worked really well for me, so I'm just going to keep doing that. But you want to see what happens, like, what, what are the new interactions that I'm going to get if I, like, steal a car, for example, or if I call a taxi, for example, because you do get different scenes based on how you leave the previous area. Yeah, man, um, the lockpicking skill makes it so much easier to steal cars, because car keys are almost always in a back room that's locked somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I got lockpicking. I think lockpicking was the second one I got, and uh, I stole a lot of cars after that point. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, there's also, uh, if, if nobody found it... Um... There's a hidden safe in the scene where you're like you have the bomb uh with Alex where you're working on the bomb. Um and he gives you a nail gun to like shoot down some roof tiles. If you shoot the Tyrak poster, there's a safe behind it. Oh, I didn't find that. Damn. I, I was like, fuck you, Tyrak. I and basically I was like, I wonder if the game will respond to me shooting the Tyrak poster the way it does to me vandalizing it. So I shot it and there was a secret safe behind it, and I felt so cool. Damn, yeah, that is super cool. Now I now I know about that for future. Yep. <laughs> yeah, hacking and lockpicking are both Very extremely useful, useful skills. Yeah, you get a probably lot more, the most useful. You get a lot more uh, cash once you have lockpicking, or once you have hacking, because you can get into all the safes. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, um, I ever used the government pass, which is supposed to give you extra options when you... Yeah, um, I, I tried... Police. I tried, I, but it didn't do anything. Yeah, same. I tried it once with Fanny, and she's like, most of those are forged anyway, you know? Um, and I'm like, okay, so that did nothing. But I also got that one pretty late on, so I don't know if it would have given me anything earlier. Yeah, I, I also got it pretty late, and I think the only sequences that I had where I ran into cops were pretty much scripted. Um, so it probably would not have made much of a difference. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that's the game. Are we... Any any final thoughts? I liked it. It won me over. I, I recommend... I, yeah, I recommend playing it especially for, like, game design student types who are, you know, looking to see interesting ways that games try to solve certain problems. Yeah, this is um, definitely... Definitely full of that, for sure. Yeah. I also say we should play it. I think, I or you, rather, listener, should play it if if it sounds interesting. I don't know. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's wild to me that this game came out like three years ago and nobody talks about it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Wait, was it only three years ago? I want to say it was 21-ish. Holy shit, page. you're right. I, August 2021. I, I assumed it was a fairly new release because I hadn't heard anyone talking about it. So yeah, exactly. Hmm. 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 Indeed.
So, so yeah, oh, give, nice. give them a little more publicity. If you know streamers, yeah. encourage some streamers to play it so we can see how other people <laughs> handle these things. Yeah, this would be a good mostly walking game. <laughs> I I mean, is it? I guess it's sort of an adventure game. It has a lot <laughs> of like mini games, though. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, it would be a great game for Playframe, but uh, they don't really take requests. They just play whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on the uh, user-defined tags on the Steam Steam page, it is Adventure is one of the top four. Okay. Along with Colorful and 1990s, which <laughs> don't really guess. feel like important tags to have on your game, but, well, you know, whatever. It's it's accurate. Yeah. We could, I, you know, I can suggest that to uh, to the Shans and see what they think. Yeah, true. Uh, right. I'll, I'll bring it up with uh, Seanbo um, when we are discussing uh, Blue California stuff. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, well, I I feel like we've talked about it. Yeah. So uh so what are we playing next? Yeah, so next we're playing Bonatro by Local Funk and published by Playstat. And it's a roguelike deck builder poker game. I guess. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Balatro B A L A T R O. None of us know what the title means, so or how to properly pronounce it. We're all just doing our best. Yeah. 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 Poker deck builder. Okay. I guess we'll figure. We'll see what that's all about. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that works. This, I think. All I can say is I've heard good shit. Okay. Yeah, I mean reviews are good. The reviews are. Uh, overwhelmingly positive, I think, on yep. Steam currently. Yeah, so. with like 7,000-something reviews, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know uh, very little about poker. I can I could probably tell you what all of the hands are, but I could not tell you what scoring order they go in, so this will be interesting. From what I read in the reviews, it, it poker is basically just set dressing for we're gonna make our own rules, so... Okay. Should be okay. I think we'll be okay because I also am not, not really a poker uh, understander. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're playing we're playing that game. I'm not yeah. even gonna try to say the title. Balatro. I'll do it. I'll do it. Balatro. <laughs> Balatro or Balatro or something. Maybe we'll learn it playing the game. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will continue to not know how to pronounce it. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, anyway, uh plugs, y'all. Any anyone wanna have anything going on? Yeah. Um so in addition to my usual uh, you know, play Wintermore Tactics Club, mm -hmm. um Blue California has started recording again. We are now in season two. Season one consisted of the pilot and the holiday special. Uh now we're in season two. Um and which takes place immediately like in media rest from where we left off in season one, but it's not a holiday anymore. Um, so we record every, uh, first, third, and when relevant, fifth Friday of the month is our intended schedule. Um, if you miss it, you can go to, to Lee's, to Lee Grainer's, uh, YouTube page and see the, uh, the VODs. But yeah, it's a fun tabletop. 
uh, sort of a mysterious small town vibe. Uh, and I play all of the seagulls in the small town. Uh, and it's over been how good that is. It's been Ugh. it's been a hoot. It's uh, Lee Grainer is uh, GMing, and then the players are myself, uh, Sean Bouchard, and uh, Jamie Antonis, who are so we're it's all USC folks, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a fun time. I recommend uh, hang coming and hanging out. Yeah, and I I do have the link to I do have the link to that um, on the link tree. Let me nice. just make sure it's still working. And if you want to go to find us on Linktree, it's Linktree yeah. Feedback Force Podcast, I believe. Yes. Linktree uh, slash Feedback Force Podcast. So that's, I believe it's uh, link. tr.ee slash Feedback Force. Yes. Feedback yeah. Force, I, guess. I can um, never remember where in that Linktree the dot goes. It's <laughs> it's before the Yeah. It's, it's not a great name but i guess enough people are familiar enough with linktree that it's not that big of an issue anymore also i do have a link to um to escher's insta yeah if you want to see escher his instagram is on there uh i did not get any pictures of him biting my hand but if he does it again i will try and take photos even i mean look the pictures are all very cute yeah, there so. are some really adorable photos that I've taken on there. There's a few lately where I'm like, oh my god, he's so precious. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so do that. Come, come join the, uh, the Discord. Uh, hang out. Recommend games. If you have any other hidden gems that came out three years ago and no one's talking about, like, come recommend them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, um. we'll... Uh, we'll... Talk to you in the next one. Yeah. Thanks Smell you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.